Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose. Happy birthday, Mr. Goose. <laughs> Hey, it's been a year, guys, since Unloose the Goose had our first episode in response to Curtis Stone's call for how can we make a better world without worrying about what the rules are? Like, how can we just do it? And it's been a fun adventure with an almost every week podcast. We've missed a few weeks, but not very many. So we're going to kick off today with four geese. We've got Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast, Xavier Hawk. Are you from Phyron or Baseline? I don't know where what to say where you're from, Xavier. That does it, Phyron and Baseline. <laughs> we He's have his mama. <laughs> Yo, we've got Sal Mayweather, who may have an exciting piece of personal news coming up. And I'm Nicole Sauce. And today we're going to talk, we're actually going to dig into that topic of, no, really, what do we do with the world if there are no rules. But before we do that, let's talk about the more important thing. What are you drinking, Sal? What do you got? Oh, man, I've got tea, and I've got Fiji Warm on backup. Awesome. Xavier, what are you drinking? Humility. I'm stuck in South Carolina. <laughs> Nerd. In South Carolina at a KOA. Yeah, no, and then LaCroix. <laughs> okay. LaCroix. Jack. LaCroix. I'm also drinking LaCroix. But I have it infused with uh, non-gin gin, ritual gin alternative, and I'm there you go. I'm dramatically impressed with it. Not only is it zero alcohol, it's zero calories, so and zero it, carbs, right? Yeah, zero. Well, if it's zero calories, you got zero carbs. I think it's like it's basically water and juniper berries, but it's pretty good in a in a mixed drink. Well, now I want to know how to figure out how to make that myself, because. Can't be it's that not hard. Cheap, is it? <laughs> it's like twenty-eight bucks a bottle, but if it saves your liver, it's totally worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. Okay, I've got Soda Stream water from the creek, and I'm I'm going alcohol today. Cool. I decided it's been a week. Nicole gets a cocktail, so I got a little brandy here. That's what we got going on. Okay, before we jump into the topic today, though, I sent out a link to an article, and Sal's first comment was, I feel stupider after reading that. This is <laughs> this is from CNBC. And <laughs> Jack, can you throw that link in the comments for people? Guys, by the way, comments and questions in all caps. It says, uh, it's official. The COVID recession lasted just two months, the shortest in U.S. history. What do you guys think of the reporting on this one? Oh, it's so circular. Like, it basically, like, when you read it, it reads like, okay, we know this is stupid, but we're just going to keep restating it until maybe you believe it. Yeah. That's the fucking point, though. Anything that comes from the mainstream, especially these days, is just there for propaganda, like, mind alteration. Like, there is yes. no point to that article other than to keep you in the narrative. Don't you think even the person that wrote it looked at it and went, 
It's not even good propaganda. Did a person no, write it? It's not. I, I don't know. That's a good fucking question, Nicole. That's a good Maybe question. Lizard reptilian or some like sub sub you know sub. A lot of these articles are AI generated nowadays. That, that's right. very popular. Right. Hey, Jack, Jack, because you're my favorite sarcastic personality, why don't you summarize the article for us real quick? Holy shit! It does seem like an article bot article. So the the premise is that the recession from the COVID shutdown. And only lasted two months. Based and on? Based on the fact that they fucked up the economy so bad that it went down so fast, so low, that it stopped going down. And since the, def- the recession is defined by a continuing decline, once you start to recover, it's no longer a recession. But it acknowledges that we're t- still totally fucked and we're still totally in anything anybody would call a recession a recession. But... Because we went to the bottom and we're already crawling out of the bottom and we have been crawling out of the bottom since two months after the bottom. It's not a recession anymore, but it is a recession, but it's not. And it just keeps, <laughs> it just keeps going back and forth. Say it. I, I, well, they say, they say a recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth in the GDP, right? Correct. Yeah. So now we've, so let's think about it, right? What a terrible indicator of economic vitality, right? So they've built these ships and they've built these hotels. Nobody's sailing on them because you're not allowed to. The hotels you can't go stay in because you're not allowed to go on vacation. But they're going to tell us that that's good for the economy, that they've pulled us out of the economy. If there's only, if there's one thing, Keeping, preventing, having consecutive periods of negative growth. It's the counter economy. It's the underground economy that's keeping this country afloat right now. If if, there, if we're not in a recession, it's only because of agorism. I, I I still don't know what made this article a thing. Like Nicole and I were talking about finding like articles that are completely fucking stupid, and she found that I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, above, and, yeah. above and beyond the call of duty, Nicole. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a day where they're like, well, what what kind of ice cream did the potato salad in chief eat today? And they're like, he didn't have ice cream today. Fuck, somebody make some shit up, you know? And like, I'm on the Autobahn. Very close to that day. I, I, I get it's actually accurate based on the way we define these things, but it's like the person, if, if a person really did write it, they're like, I'm trying to figure out how to apologize for writing this without getting fired. That's 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 yeah. how it reads. To me. <laughs> that's how it reads exactly. Like it's, if you were if like, you were if you were trying to if if you paid the CIA to come up with the news, how would it be any different than what we have today? I think the CIA would do better than that shit. Yeah, I guess you're right. Think about the underlying message of the headline, though. The under because most people just read the headline. And they yeah. don't look at the article anyway, which once they yeah. got in there, they, I think anybody, well, I hope that anybody would have realized it's complete bullshit, but the headline makes you feel hope. Yeah. Hope for the economy. It would. And you got to wonder, CNBC, if you're trying to make people feel hope because you're terrified. I think they're like, fuck off, Babylon B. We can do this shit too. That's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I think this is. I mean, yeah. Mainstream media is just the friggin' pro- the, the the what's the word I'm looking for here? They're like the propaganda wing of the DNC at this point. That's right. Did, but did you see the Babylon B article where this he was is, like, Biden was like, uh, Cubans don't come here to the United States. We're getting yeah. rid of freedom too. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sal, when you read that, didn't you feel like your eyes were kind of being pulled together into? Oh man. 
Oh like, man, it's like idiocracy up in this bitch. <laughs> did <laughs> you guys did for a one-liner? Did you guys see yeah. a few weeks ago? You guys mentioned the CIA. Did you see the thing where the CIA and NSA and all the whole intelligence community, which I think is just stupid to even call it that, they had yeah. this like recruiting poster out and they took this picture and it was on Tucker Carlson. It was like this. It was available on Getty Images. It was like a diverse group of young people standing in office. And that was the stock image they used instead of actual CIA. But then they photoshopped in a blind dude with a dog. No, come on. And they photoshopped in a chick in a wheelchair. Like, isn't this like... Um, isn't to make it more diverse and more politically correct is a recruiting poster for the NSA and the CIA. Well, hey, look, at least if we're going to get drone bombed, at least let's make it fair and equal. Yeah. I mean, would you see it coming from the blind dude with the dog? No. <laughs> He'd feel it in no. his bones. And they left off like the dude's foot or so the dog's foot or some shit. Like they didn't even Photoshop it well. It was hysterical. I know somebody once who could not get their candidate, they were communications guy for a candidate running for office, could not get the candidate to show up at the further photo shoot. But they had a good picture of his face, and they photoshopped it on the body of a suit. But the person weighed less than the actual candidate, and it was discovered. There was a shit storm about that. So I can only imagine. Was that the potato and sheep? No. no. I, will, I will not disclose who or which market, but it was one that he was like, I had to do something to get the brochure out. This is back when he used to print brochures and mail them to people. They don't even oh. care to try to make it seem realistic anymore. Like, they're just out, out in front of your face oppressing you. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. It's just no respect whatsoever. That's right. Well, it's also, that's I think, part of – go ahead, Axe. You, you're a little quiet today, so nope, I'm going to let you talk right now. That's basically the truth. I mean, we, we live in, like, some dystopian fucking nightmare at this point, and people are just waking up to it and starting to realize, like, hey, maybe they are trying to, to kill us instead of, like, I actually – I have to say, like, I don't usually tap into the outrage anymore. No. But, but what I, I've been starting to have an emotional response to the levels of stupid I see from people who will not acknowledge that the statistical information behind the whole pandemic and all of that is completely misreported and misrepresented. And yeah. who are... Like, not only buying into it, but aggressively pushing me personally, because they know me personally, to make medical decisions that they think I should make under the guise that their kids are going to die if I don't do this one thing with this needle. Yeah. Those are the people who believe this article and think it's well written. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's stick to, Again, talking, about to, Let's stick to talking about needles that way because we're on my channel and I have a strike yeah. already. So. <laughs> yeah, we we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really like we, we had like I had said, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm afraid of the people. And I have been shown and reaffirmed just how really stupid people are. And that's the scariest bit surrounded by the most dangerous two-legged animal on the planet, the most dangerous animal on the planet, bar none, and they're very, very dumb. And that's the scary bit. I uh, I shared on social today a article. I think it was from Daily Mail or one of the UK ones, but it was from January last year. 
when COVID started and it has all the pictures of like dead people lying in the streets and in China and shit. And I'm like, look Remember at that? this now. Yeah. And how fucking fake. Does oh man. Look, when you look at this now. And yeah. remember when you all got pissed at me when I said this was all bullshit back That's then? That's what gets me. And there remember were several the people, people like, screaming? yeah, I remember. Sorry, man. <laughs> the people at least, at least they remember and they're sorry. Other people are like doubling down on stupid. Oh, yeah. They really were yeah. dying. We just did a better job than they did. <clears throat> I remember CNN. In paper suits, the most deadly virus ever on the planet. Dude's in a paper suit. The dead dude laying on the ground has a mask on. Cause he breathes. <laughs> you, you, you gotta, you gotta tip your hat though to public schools for getting people to this level of stupidity. I mean, they really, they've done it. They've done a terrific job dumbing the public down. Yeah. That's like, they are good at some things and, and I, making, I think there's to be a predisposition for stupid though. Like the government's not this competent. Maybe well, if we told, maybe if we told the government that their job was to make kids stupid, that they would actually make kids smart since they do the opposite of whatever task we assign them. Reverse psychology. Would yeah. Great. Yeah. With the level of <laughs> propaganda, the low level propaganda that's been wrapping, ramping up like my whole life. Yeah, I'm sure it was happening before I noticed. I noticed it in 1994 that we had that level of propagandizing just in TV shows, movies, and the media. And, and I noticed it only because I was studying Lenny Riefenstahl from the, you know, Nazi regime and saw what the work she did. And I was like, holy crap, they're doing that here now. Hmm. Um, that's been going on for decades and it's, it's working. And what would have worked, no, what's working today would have never worked 10 years ago. That, that's the funny part of it. But because it's been this slow, it was much, it was actually much better executed than those other German people did very slowly <laughs> over decades. Yeah. And probably that's- before I, I didn't, I've never gone back and said like, did this start in the fifties? I don't even know. Yeah, you oh, mentioned no, that. I feel like it has. Like, little yeah. incrementally just gets stupider and stupider and more, you know, uh, more coddled and more de- dependent upon the nipple estate. And here we are right now, people actually defending things that are going, yes, we need more lockdowns. Yes, we need five masks on. Yes, we need everybody to get a vaccine. Like, literally counter to just rationale, like logic, reason. Needle. Yeah. <laughs> no needle. Don't say the V word. Yeah, or the C word. No C word. Yeah. No, you um, basically have a world full of Muppet cows. No, I so I check the uh, Texas official website every day to see how many new people died of the COVIDs. <laughs> and uh today we have thirty three new deaths, but the oldest re- oldest reported one that's new is I shit you not from June fourteenth, twenty twenty. Yes, June fourteenth, twenty twenty. Now That's more a than ago? a year ago, more than a year ago. That's the oldest one I've seen mm-hmm. now. June fourteenth, twenty twenty, as a newly reported fatality. Just Karen in data entry just figured it out. You know her wrist is really tired from all her control C and control V, and she just got the stuff updated for the fourteenth of June. Last year. 
And if you buy into this shit with that kind of crap going on, I don't know what to tell you. But yet there's people extracting death information out of the VAERS database from the needle. I mean, if it takes them one year to get, like, a data entry into the system, do you really think that it's a good idea to let these people inject you with a foreign substance? No. (laughs) (laughs) If I have cancer, I might be into that technology, actually. Yes. Yes, that's what that technology is supposed to be for. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm at with that. Okay, before we move on to to Dream, we're going to go into Dreamland later, which is fun. I think Dreamland is fun. This isn't Dreamland? Shit. No, no, no. Dreamland is what we (laughs) make. We're going to make the better world, I swear. Okay. Uh, But I was listening to a Miyagi morning you did today. Okay. And it was your one about science where you talked about trusting the science Mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking about the religious zealotness that people adhere to and, and they've become science enforcers mm. rather than scientific questioners. And then they're using shame and bullying to get everybody else to accept the science, which is not <laughs> science if you can't question it. Sounds like the Inquisition to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just instead of shame and bullying, they would just burn you at the stake. I mean, it's literally what they're doing is bullying people until compliance at this point, using science as the bludgeon. I was just in... uh, science. I I was in New Jersey for my sister's wedding last week, and up there, I have multiple friends and family members, so if you don't don't, uh, get the vaccine, you have to wear a mask at work. So it's almost like 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 the yellow star, like where you have to be identified if you don't if you don't get the shot. So there's really basically no difference if you think about it. Yeah, we went out to uh, lunch with some friends on Saturday at one of our favorite places, and we haven't had to wear masks there forever because you know you, you did have the whole mask until you sit down, which made sense. Um, but I noticed like none of the staff had masks on. I'm like, well, thank God. And then I was, I didn't want to be a dick and like stick my finger in a wound or nothing, but I noticed a couple of people were still wearing masks and they were kind of young people and they didn't like the people, like people that would be doing that out of fear. And I was wondering if that's probably what's going on that they were told you don't have to wear masks if you get the needle. And I guess they decided to wear a mask and keep their job versus get a needle and get their job. That's my only guess. And I'll it is kind of more. It, it reminds me, I'm telling you, it really reminds me of 1930s Berlin. Yeah. How does this shit go on? Like, how what? is this fucking real? This is <laughs> insane. Like, is this real life? Like, why aren't people up in arms and like pitchforks and shit like that? Like, uh, like our forefathers would have been, they would, it would never have gotten to this point. Everybody up in our arms on the show are watching the show. In nonviolence, right? We, like, this is bullshit. Like, this is utter bullshit. And it's Sorry. happening. It's Would ha- you it's say like, Sal when I cut you off? What's that? What? What were you saying, Sal? Sal? What was Sal saying when I spoke over him? I'm sorry. I don't know. I forget. Oh. Did you get the needle? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong guy. Oh. Yeah, I. It's it's interesting how it took people. The kind of person who's willing to go counter to the narrative is a special kind of person. And as much as I would like to think you can foster that, you can foster some of that. But some people are just born that way. That's my opinion. Uh, 
I think Jack is one of those people who's just born that way. I'm going to do what I do and fuck you. Right. And, you know, I, I guess probably a certain strength to stand up against the herd because we want to be loved. We want to be accepted and to be to get those things, you need to go with the herd. And what we're seeing now is that that herd mentality has has gone a direction we don't want to do. But you think about the people who founded our country. They were the kind of people willing to stand up against the herd. And they got into vicious fights with each other, which were beautiful. And now we're not allowed to argue or disagree. Well, well I mean, isn't I that basically disagree? That's, that's, that's <laughs> basically what Gorzin is, right? It's just standing up against the herd, being one in front of the masses, right? That's that's what we're all doing here. Yeah, I, I think to Nicole's point, like probably the 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 greatest frenemies of all time were probably Adams and. Uh, uh, Jefferson, right? I mean, they, that really was like a, a knockdown, drag out battle for a while, but they died friends still. They knew yeah. how to have an argument. This is a time when people would get in an argument and fucking shoot each other and everybody was okay with it. And they were still <laughs> able to get through it, like, and resolve differences Not all without of them, somebody though. getting all ass hurt and running away. I mean, you know, today people get upset. I had somebody that got upset with me yesterday on one of my live streams because I used the fucking term animal husbandry because it harkens back to a time when men owned their wives. And that's the root of the word, which I'm not even sure that's fucking true. How but if you dare you? Dig, if you have to dig 5,000 years in the past, Dig up the root of a language that doesn't even fucking exist How anymore. The hell do you have Be a offended. You're not getting shit done in the world that matters. How do you have feminists in your audience, Jack? I'm just going to say this crazy thing that's not going to be popular. Good. <laughs> even when men owned their wives, their wives were running it. Oh, yeah. There may, there were, I mean, there were cases, but basically women are in control. Well, and he was talking about Rome, and I'm like, well, you don't know nothing about fucking Rome because men did not own their wives in, in ancient Rome. That's not how Rome worked. Yeah. No. No, I think no. Nicole's right. It's like we do what the cat dictates. Like that. Like we do. We we make jobs. We make money. We become capable warriors. We do all of these things to have a good mate, like to impress yeah. the mates, right? That's like the subconscious drive of mankind, and we're expendable. The females. Oh, not we are. Have you know, you could have, uh, what is it? Like, you could have one female and a hundred men, and you would only have, you know, you'd have negative population growth. But if you had a yeah. hundred females and one man, you had actual population growth. So. Yeah. Yeah. The females. Yeah. Women and children first and all that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but there's a, there's a movie that was horrible, but because men do what women say, I, I watched it years and years ago. This is like pre my wife. It's so long ago. It was called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And there's one point, like, the mom's talking to the daughter, and she's like, it's the only part of the movie I remember. It's the only part that was any good. She goes, let me tell you something. The man may be the head of the family, but the woman is the neck. And the neck (laughs) can make the head do whatever she wants the head to do. And I was like, oh, maybe this movie. No, it sucks. (laughs) It never got good again. It was like the 10 seconds of, of, of reality in the whole thing, and it was spot on, man. No, yeah, what do we do? Are we, are we completely screwed? Are there not enough females who want a free and self-deterministic society that makes sense? 
Because if there were and they were vocal, I guarantee you the men would line up and be like, you're right. Let's go. You know, it's interesting. There's an organization, Ladies of Liberty Alliance, Lola. Their entire focus is finding... Huh? Lolita. Never mind. I was going to say that. No. Name triggers me, but that's Lolita. No, Lola. Lola. Yeah, yeah. Um, but their their focus is empowering women who are freedom oriented to speak. And um, as a as a member of the the female population, I am a rarity in that I don't care about talking in front of people. But apparently, a lot of women don't like to talk in front of people. A lot of guys don't like to talk in front. of I don't people, know. You know. So there's this whole organization focused on empowering women to speak for that reason because there are a lot of liberty oriented women i find more and more and more every day a lot of them listen back they listen to me they listen to this podcast too but some of them are just not the kind of person who wants to do what we're doing here yeah you want to be liberty oriented at home (laughs) or they want to be liberty oriented in their business that they started but they're not i don't know i don't know if I agree doing the that. spreading thing some of the most some of the, some of the most talented agorists ever have been females oh do we lose x he'll be back there oh, he is he was yeah. moved um no, I, I just i mean irena nister who i don't know if you guys ever watched that movie prof cj told us to watch chuck norris versus communism she basically took yeah. down uh, the communist dictatorship nikolai chichescu nowadays nicole lily forrester wendy mcelroy there's more and more female agorists every day, so hopefully that that's a trend that continues. Well, and I will just say there are a lot of female agorists that you haven't found because yeah. they're not public-facing, per se. Also, old-school female anarchists, Emma Goldman, Rose Wilder Lane, yeah. uh, all those g- great names. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. There is something with public speaking, though, with women in general, I think. And this is not really an agorist or liberty yeah. thing. But when I was involved with uh, Permaculture Voices the first year, and it was a really huge event. We had all these big permacultures come in from everywhere. And Paul Wheaton and I were sitting, like, in the lobby at the hotel, and we had all these people around, and they were telling us all the things they would want to see done differently. And there was a whole group of, you know, women that there needs to be more female voices and minority voices and all. And I'm like, Okay, well, what do you all do? And they all told me. They all had interesting stories. I'm like, so if I talk to Diego and say that I think that this group of people should be considered for speaking next year, who wants to speak? Crickets. No one. No one wants to speak. It's like, well, then where do you expect me to get these active, informed women in the field of permaculture when the most active and informed women in permaculture are sitting in front of me and none of you want to do this? Yeah, and then they got mad at me because obviously I was misogynist. That's because you're an asshole, Jack. Yeah. (laughs) Here's your problem. Okay, I'll solve your problem for you. We don't want. Yeah, see, that was the mistake. Bitch about our problem. Chauvinist. We need a liberty tour. We need a liberty tour, like a a really like state to state spirit revival, liberty revival, big tent fucking production, and we find all of these folks, get them all together, and do a do like a show and, and get people activated. We need like. Fuck it, like Freedom Cells, Byron, I mean, it doesn't matter. We need to get people moving in the same direction. There's so many people in pockets, but they're not, they're not, they're not coordinated. We have the numbers. We have the numbers. So we need like a giant bus and do like yes. a, a, a national tour and call it like the Goose Caboose? That's fine. And we're What's going to Float Fest and we're barbecuing. We are going to yeah. Float Fest. And we are barbecuing. Yeah. yeah. 
I heard something about a pig hunt, but I don't know. Is that happening? When it, when is I don't know, man. When people start talking about pig hunts at big events or any kind of a hunt at a big event, it's like you do understand when like 500 people get together, start playing rock music and drinking and partying that the fucking animals leave, right? Like, yeah. This, I, like sometimes I think the people that want to put together hunts in that kind of situation, it's like, you don't hunt, do They're you? They're going off site, right? <laughs> Like you gotta be going off site, like yeah. significantly off site, you know. I'm I'm making coffee for the hunters because while I'm willing to try to hunt, if you take me hunting, I'm probably but not doing it. Didn't they just have Float Fest? No, Mark. Yeah, it's not till next year. Okay. It's yeah. not till next year. But I think we want to do an unlist the goose encampment just to put that into your brain so you think about it. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're actually there and not just say you're gonna be there and then cancel at the last minute. Well, I'm celebrity chefing, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Nobody told me that what it means yet. It just told me that I'm doing it. You do what you want. That's yeah, what that means. That's the thing. <laughs> Bring me meat. I will burn it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Okay. Are you guys ready to dream or are we going to bitch some more? Uh-oh. No, let's dream, man. Okay. So I I remember this moment, and and it was when Curtis Stone was like, what if we just did something different without the rules? And he was kind of hearkening back to, you know, agricultural link because it's Curtis. You know, if we didn't have all of these systems and, and concepts in place for farming, how would we actually grow food efficiently and beautifully in the world? And then how does that apply to how we would live with each other in communities? And then how does that apply to the whole world and making it better and that struck a chord with Jack. That's why we even have this podcast. And the funny thing is we've talked about solutions to things within the confines of the regulations very often of the United States, like starting a food church or an agorist church or all of these other things using cryptocurrency and counter markets. But let's just hit a reset button today. What would an agorist world look like if we didn't have to fight the state? Ooh, ooh, can I start? Yes. So there would be a decision-making process that everybody agreed to, right? There'd be, like, <laughs> a way that we could all fucking hate each other and yet, like, figure out something that worked. By keeping our distance and not being having to be close to one another and, you know, smell each other or whatever it is, and then be able to have uh, a clear-cut way, like, hey, Jack has this idea, and everybody's like, that's cool, and then whoever disagrees, we have a discussion about it, and we figure out, what to do and how to build it and apply the resources without having those people who are in those positions, making those, making those, uh, not the decisions, but executing on the decisions ever have ever fucking have any ability to steer the ship. They're the janitors. They're there to make sure that the decision-making process is smooth and not influence the decision-making process, not suggest shit, just make sure that everybody works on making decisions and comes to consensus properly it will be called first it Byron? we could call Maybe. it Byron. <laughs> mm. would there be more than one system you know that, that that's kind I of what i was so. thinking like and i was i was waiting for sal because i figured sal would say it would look like whatever the fuck the people that controlled the place <laughs> that we're talking about wanted right so like yep. it would be a lot like we have now without interference so do you know who the fucking dictator is on my piece of property? Me, just like Nicole is on her piece of property. 
Sal lives in an apartment or some shit, so he has to do whatever his landlord tells him to. And that's, that's okay. Like, and we all make those decisions. And I think what it would look like is a thousand different, a million different ways. And that way failure would be allowed to fail and success would be allowed to succeed. And I mean, that's all I've ever asked for. Where do you draw the line at violence, right? Because there are my property people line. who would force. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. My property line. Right. Violence is met with violence. That's like, so like, it depends on how you mean it. So I would say like, people say, well, like, you know, how would we handle like this neighborhood? Well, that neighborhood maybe uses fire on and maybe your neighborhood has certain rules. And then like, it's only right that if you're going through that neighborhood, you obey that neighborhood's rules. That's how, that's how it works now. Right now we have we have anarchy everywhere, and it looks really well ordered. And since we don't know what we're looking for and we think anarchy's chaos, we don't know we're seeing it. When you go into a bar and you start some shit, you know, and, and way back when I was younger, a guy like me throws you the fuck out the door, we didn't call the cops. We did everything we could to not call the cops. Right. I, you broke the rules. I'm asking you to leave nicely once, <laughs> and then you're going to leave. And in the well, words and of Ron you, White, going to leave out, it didn't hurt, right? You just sort of. It's, it's, it's well, also. We like, as gently as we could. And I did it for two and a half years. I only ever actually hit somebody once and I didn't really hit them. I moved them and then they hit the wall. And so then. That's all know, well they, and good. That, like, I agree. We should still be able to duel each other on the streets. Like, I like that idea. However, <laughs> then you have the fucking. Genius That's a meme. Who's the making the Xavier duel meme? Because somebody needs to make a Xavier duel meme. Okay, fucking Xavier, go duel ahead. Duel me, please. Uh, so, but then you've got like Genghis Khan's, or you've got some fucking you know upstart who gets enough people together, and all of a sudden it becomes force makes right, or or uh, might makes right, mm. and like. Who prevents that? Then you have to become more mighty, and then that's the fucking problem we have. That's a good question, because that actually, Konkin addresses this, right? He says, and this is exactly what he says, and his answer to that question is private protection agencies. And that's why we have to break the state's monopoly on security services, because once you have competitive Agreed, but let me interrupt you, because if you have protection agencies, they have the fucking might. And what's to prevent them from being like, I'm fucking right. So if we, so we have to have some kind of like competition, agreement. competition, think about it. Like th- that's what we have. The system that you're describing is the system that we have now, right? You have no choice but to contract with the public police, despite the fact that they're murdering children every day and arresting people for, for victimless crimes. But who in their right mind would contract with a private security firm that treats people that way? Nobody. They would be out of business on day one. I would never, ever. Wealthy. Con- there, there are tons of those. Like the largest military in the world that is not the largest air force next to the United States military is the private military. You give them two million bucks and they'll kill whoever you want. They don't care. They're not they're not they're not moved by compunction or from propriety. They're like, you got the money. We'll take our plane and go fucking bomb Zimbabwe. We don't care. Right. And if like there's not, no states, if there's no states to pay them to wage war, then there's no war. That's the whole thing. I mean, Bezos could call him up tomorrow and be like, I think what Xavier is trying to do is, okay, so we cut the cancer out. Let's make sure the fucking tumor doesn't grow back. I think that's where he's coming from. How do you create? Because that is the one objection that I do pause a little bit on with my ideology and that if we did rip out all the cancer that is the state, what prevents mafia things from coming back together? Because 
I'm all for competition, but we've, you know, we've seen that companies will collude with each other. Now, my personal opinion is there has never been a monopoly that has existed that wasn't put, you know, propped up and able to exist because of the state. But what prevents the yeah. companies that want to create a monopoly from creating a state so they can have a monopoly? Right. Well, That's, then, then, then you're, then you're back to the state though. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, so, so, if, so if the only objection to, to anarchism or agorism is that maybe if it fails, we're going to wind up back where we started. Agreed. What's the harm in trouble? You know? I'm well, that brings up the question. Can monopolies exist without the state? Which was going to be the show topic today until I realized it was our birthday and we needed to have a dream talk. See, my thought was though, like, can't, can't they have it? Like people that want a state, can't they have one? As long as it leaves people that don't want one alone, like no. if I'm for freedom, no, <laughs> no, because think about it. How can you? What are you going? You're going to want somebody to take your money? You're going to want somebody to coerce you into doing something you don't want to do? That doesn't make any sense. Apparently, like, some, people don't. By, some people don't. Some people don't want that. But think about it. The state, by definition, is an institution of coercion. So if you if you're if you're consenting, then you're not being coerced. So you can't right. you can't consent to coercion, right? That's a, that's a contradiction in terms. I am going to remind um, commenters, please put your questions in all caps. By the way, why don't I find our show on YouTube? I'm trying to share it on social media. Oh, it's media. on Jack's it's station us. today. It's on my station. Let me do a housekeeping thing, and then we're going to go back to this discussion. Okay, okay. We are using StreamYard, which is new to us. And because we have not – Jack is running it, and we haven't hooked that up with Unloose the Goose. We're streaming on all his assets, but we will work to get this on – Goose ass- assets. Yep. Soon. Yep. But StreamYard's cool because we're also we're simultaneously casting on Float and Odyssey and other platforms besides YouTube. Because fuck YouTube, right? Yeah. Move. Yeah. Be careful. There goes Jack's YouTube channel. <laughs> Just don't say the c word or the v word. Yeah. Yeah. You know the c what, word used cunt? to be very different when I was younger. Yeah. Same. And it lets me do shameless self promotion too. See. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure people were were um, begging us to please use StreamYard on week three of Unloose the Goose, Jack. Yeah, and we finally are. Yeah. And the only reason I'm, we're not on the Goose channel is that I'm an – I don't know. I can do shit on it, but I don't own it, and you have to own it to allow permission or whatever. I can get you in. I can get you okay. in. Get me in, man. I am 100% behind private security forces. I I just want Plato's fucking image of the world where, like, there are people who know what the fuck they're doing and guiding and saying, this is what we suggest. And then everybody says, fuck you, no, or, yo, that's a great idea. But we have a way of, of finding everybody's decision and consensus. Because I guarantee you the mass majority of people do not want to be enslaved, do not want to lose their liberties, do not want to. And if they were just, you know, properly shown and the the education or entertainment systems that we had were not censored heavily like fucking 1984 you know but then but then it gets into like how do you educate people properly without without doing mind control or influence or manipulation like you you say hey chill my kids right hey you'll have a better life if you fucking listen to me because i've been around a little while and so they do that they listen right but they don't like I can't prevent them from from that. I can only incentivize them. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Anyhow, so like we have the, the the route to agorism is to be able to have a clear and open discussion, 
and then yell at each other and fucking be like, no, you're wrong. Yes, you're right. Whatever it is. <laughs> and then get over it and go have a cup of tea together or whatever. Indeed. Yeah. I, I think that, like, on some levels, we don't have to worry about solving all the problems. And, and yeah. one of the things that I've noticed is that so many people who object to anarchism is that their objection always involves solving a problem that they haven't solved. Like, we've had the state in its modern form for at least 5,000 years. So in 5,000 years, the fucking state hasn't solved this problem. But my idea is invalid if I can't instantly convince you that I can solve it overnight. That's the objection that I always hear. Well, how would you, you know, fix this or that? And I'm like, do we have that problem now? All right. So then all I'm saying is perhaps we can examine ways to solve that problem. That don't require force or don't require force to anybody except the person causing the fucking problem. Right. right. I'm, I'm fine with force against the motherfucker com causing the problem. If the problem is actually a problem of somebody hurting somebody or taking their stuff. If the problem is that dude over there is getting high on mushrooms. Leave him the fuck alone. He's probably going to figure some good shit out, man. Mushrooms help people figure good shit out. You don't, he, you don't have a problem. If he's swinging like a monkey through your house and won't leave, then we'll, we'll, we'll find some place for him to go. By the way, um, I see a couple of people in the chat talking about like private security forces and stuff. Check out a book called Chaos Theory by Bob Murphy that you can get for free from the Mises Institute. It does a really good job of like breaking, breaking down like how that would work specifically. Very convincing. And yeah, persuasive. that's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. This conversation makes me think of how pub discussions in America in the 1760s must have been from Foo Bear on the comments. Yes, exactly. And I'm going to throw my beer at Jack or Sal any minute now. <laughs> it's just not a We need to get together in person anything. to video you throwing your beer at Jack or Sal. Yeah, I have to get a beer. One second. Yeah, go get a beer. They'll never make it here. He's going to be stuck in a KOA somewhere else. Yeah, I know. I could go pick him up. <laughs> when we, when we do Jor when we do float fest down here, he'll be like, I'm fucked. I'm in Oklahoma at a KOA. <laughs> you, know, dude. you know what's interesting? I got this like, trailer I so I could go visit your asses. Hey, uh, I, you're going to need your trailer at for float fest. So there you go. Yeah. I, I've been digging deeply into ancient North American civilizations. Like, yeah really old shit, like the oldest shit we have record of that are actually civilizations. And one of the things that I found interesting on reducing conflict in the first place is I, I was going into this one lesson about like DeSoto's rampage and shit. And this guy was just scum. But when you hear the true story of what went on, it's like a lot of the native American cities were also like really bad shit was going on. Like he showed up and they're like, Oh, you want some fucking slaves? Here you go. How many do you need? Right. Just leave us alone and we'll give you slaves. Like we'll give you shit. Just go on and bother somebody else. So clearly they had no problem with slavery and they also all had a lot of warfare going on. Well, when yep. he almost died, which unfortunately he didn't like going up into the Carolinas, there was this one city, state type, whatever, like civilization you'd call it. And they had no conflict. They were like the most peaceful group out of this whole, you know, mess that this son of a bitch made out of the, the early civilizations here. And it turned out they had the most extensive trade system. Like when we go in with archaeology now and we look at this site because they actually know where it was because it's, you know, it's up to the point of written record. They found it. They're like, this is this place that they were talking about. And it was run by a woman, by the way. So maybe we need to put some more women in charge. 
She was a queen. They actually had royalty in, in, in you know, in, in, in some of the, right. It wasn't a Cherokee. I don't remember what it was. It was in the, I think it was South Carolina. It was South Carolina, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, they had no problems with anybody because since they were trading with everybody, nobody wanted to fuck up their trade partnership. Right. So, like, that's one of the solutions here in the beginning. So you needed them. You needed them, yeah. and they needed you. And you so everybody to keep them happy. They were like the fucking Switzerland of these warring tribes and shit. Like, people were fucking each other up all around them, and they're like, I don't fuck with them. That's where we get our pottery, or that's where we get our copper or whatever. Because they weren't just trade partners directly. Like, so you have something that you didn't have, you know, airplanes and shit. So you got some shit coming from down here in the south. You got some shit coming from up here in the north. They were the way that this guy's shit got all the way down to this guy. And there was peace. Yeah. Now, the other side of that, devil's advocate thing that X is saying here, when DeSoto came, he was about to starve to fucking death. They took him and his people in. They fed him, and then he totally fucked them over, threw the queen out of her palace, lived in it, fucked up all their shit, and, and killed a bunch of them. So even though they were kind to this invader, this invader fucked their shit up. Bad. Yep. And they saved his ass. Of- his whole his whole army was like this close to starvation. And so they, they nurse him back to health. And then they're like, please don't take all our corn. We're going to starve. That's it's a bad year. He's like, fuck that shit. Took all their shit. Took whatever ones he wanted his slaves and went marching on. So how do you prevent that? That's a legitimate question. By the way, guys, this is that was an analogy for the LP's infiltration of the liberty movement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're dying. Sad. <laughs> well, yeah. it's a good question, Jack. How do you prevent it? And I wonder, it's more like, do you prevent it? <clears throat> competition, right? Competition. That's the only way that yeah, you could do it. Answer. If you don't prevent it, what happens? You're fucked. Okay. If you do prevent it, what happens? You're probably fucked. I mean, when you think when about there it, is right? a bad actor who has more power... And the ability to fuck you up, shit gets fucked up. And it doesn't matter if you were already a dictatorship or communist or agorist or whatever it is. If somebody has more power and is an asshole, so so basically the United States position throughout history, you know, uh, strength makes equals peace. You know, uh, Reagan, I think, was all about that. It's like this: if we're the toughest on the block, nobody's gonna fuck with us. And so long as we Whatever, are noble in our efforts, then, you know, ostensibly peace takes place, right? So you have to, you have to race towards, towards doom and being able to, to destroy anybody that comes to stop you. So then you've got your private security force, right? And then they have to be the baddest motherfuckers on the block. Otherwise, you know, at some point somebody's going to be like, they're a problem, you know? I also think if you're going to embrace freedom, you need to acknowledge that you might die. Yeah. So like, and it may not work. And fuck it. At least no, no, no. I have those I, I years disagree. of freedom. I disagree because that that's the that's the state of affairs now that we currently have, right? Like, there's no there's no service that the state provides us with, which the which the market can't provide at a higher quality and a cheaper cost, and that includes security services. So if you want better yeah, defense, then you have to privatize it, right? There's the like right now we're all in danger from the state, like. That wouldn't be the case, or it would be the case to a much less degree in the Agora. As long as it's not worse, it's better, right? I mean, like, right. it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, but from what X is saying, like, if every human had the power to look at any other human at any moment 
and just concentrate. I could just make Sal's head explode because I don't like him anymore, but he could do it to me. We'd all probably be nice to each other, right? Right. Like, yeah. That sounds crazy, but like, have you ever met a rude person at a gun range? Right. Fucking everybody's right. nice, right? True. Yeah. Everybody's good nice point. at a gun range. That's a good you know? point. Would you, do you need to go down range? Okay. Everybody put, every, and like, it's completely self-organized. I've been to ranges where they have range officers and they're walking around justifying their existence, but I've been to a lot of, you know, like public ranges in Pennsylvania state game lands all have a range on them if they're large enough. And there's no range officers. There's, you know, a little sign that nobody reads and people show up to shoot and everybody just figures it out. Like nobody's like, Hey, there's a guy walking down there. I probably won't hit him and, you know, like sending lead down range. Like everybody self organizes. I don't think this is as hard as we make it out to be. It's not that hard, but it's possible that some crazy motherfucker is going to kill somebody. And that's also possible now in the world we live in. Probably more so is what's yeah, happening. Yeah, but right. you have a higher right. like rate. Like people conflate freedom or liberty or agorism with, and now we can all kill each other, right? Yeah, that no, was always like the there. Whole, like, and that, anarchist connotation. That's, it's all, that's all nonsense. I, Do I just, I don't like, I think you need to acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. Like tomorrow I could walk out my door and somebody could shoot me in the head. Valid. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if I'm in communism or agorism. You're, you're that. That, but that's much more likely to occur in a communist system than in an agorist True, society. But they don't think that. They think what, what, if I enslave yeah. myself to this security providing state, I'm somehow safer. You're not. Security well, we're safe in the U S right? and we're becoming less safe because we are undoing this is that we have economic prosperity and people don't need to steal my shit. Let's, let's and think the about the world differently, right? Let's look at, look at Sal's model. And then let's look at last summer under Sal's model. So a bunch of people get fucking pissed off about whatever, you know, BLM or what. I don't know what they'd be pissed off in our world, but they were pissed off. And they decided we're going to go fuck this town up. We're going to fuck this city up. Do you think they would have been able to just walk through that city wholesale, burning shit down and tearing shit apart without suffering severe consequences for doing so? And I don't think they would have. I really don't. I mean, no. I, well, I, I mean, well, think, well, think about it. If you have, if you had private security force, and you did see it actually in some of these riots, like the only places that were left standing were like the ones where private armed guards were standing outside. I think didn't that happen in Manhattan or something like that? I'm not I sure about Manhattan, but I mean, like the the guy that went to that got arrested, him and his wife in Missouri, they were rich as so fuck. Also, yeah. let, let, let's remember. Let's remember that these riots were started by undercover police officers. Oh, yeah. Remember, the, remember yeah. the cop banging out the banging out the windows of an auto zone? So they started the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Like yeah. private security firms are the ones stopping it. So yeah. if anything, there's going to be a hell of a lot less rioting in a free, in like a peaceful society, like you said, especially if everybody's armed. And then you know. But think about this: well, like the I, dude I, that got the guy that got arrested in in St. Louis. Him and his wife. His wife was kind of a Karen-looking chick, and she had the little pistol, and she was pointing it like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the AR. They didn't want to do that shit. They were rich as fuck. They called every private security firm they could find. They begged something. We'll pay you. Come out here. And all the private security firms in the middle of this shit said, fuck no, we're not touching it. 
That's right. why that happened. That's why they had to defend their own property because they couldn't get somebody to do it. But I would contend on that. The reason they couldn't get anybody to do it is because the state knew or they exactly. were afraid that the state would fucking let, let them be sued for even protecting the property. They didn't. Right. Like it's litigious, it's the nature of this shit, where I think if, like, I wish I could find it. There's a video that goes through conflict resolution in an anarchy that's on YouTube, and it, it's done with animation. It's very well done. And it explains that if, like, all four of us right now were the president and CEO of a security firm, our best interest is that we work things out the most equitable way we can between our clients because it's better for all of us that we do that. And, yeah. and me going to war, to war with Sal Mayweather, you know, security is fucking expensive. It's extremely expensive, especially when I can't just send my bigger lawyers after him. If we're actually going to go into a conflict, and I think that's what actually did reduce a lot of conflict in tribal societies is it was expensive. Like, and I don't mean expensive in dollars because we can just print those fucking things. Yeah, that does. I get it. Back in the day, Lies. like if you're going to go to war with that village over there, like, well, buy you're you want to go, well, fucking go, right? You weren't sending force by proxy, young people that were trained from all around your country of 300 million fucking people. You don't even know who they are. You don't care who they are. You've got all this propaganda in your mind. You wave the phone, famer, we're number one. Send a cruise missile in, whatever. Like when you have to get up and go do it yourself, you don't really want to as much. And what happened in the Middle Ages and in Europe as all of these different the Habsburgs and these guys and those guys, they realized that they would make more money, consolidate their power more if they actually sat across the table from the person whose lives they hated, whose very existence offended them and figure it out. And then they realized, wait a minute, we're all, you know, rich and powerful and we all have resources. We should be friends, not with those guys. We can all work better by controlling all of them. And then that's where you got governments and that's where you got kingdoms and where everything started expanding and people became less chattel. And they were the ones that went off to war, right? And it was like, then wars didn't become about, oh, we actually have a disagreement. It became a, I need these resources. You need these resources. Let's just pretend we're fighting. We'll get rid of the problem people and then we'll both become richer. So that's what war became. Here's a question. If we live in a world where most people have their basic needs and and by basic needs, I mean, you know, food, shelter, all of those things, plus creative outlet. So a little beyond basic needs. How much conflict is really going to happen? Exactly. It's, it's not that there wouldn't be conflict. It's, it's just that it's, its resolution would be more peaceful and more more efficient. It would be less costly. I mean, like just, when you have something to lose. Even even right now, we're starting to see a trend of of away from some from litigation and towards mediation and arbitration because our private arbiters are much more efficient at judging these cases than public officials are who have no accountability whatsoever. If if Jack and I have a dispute and this arbiter does a terrible job, and then you and X have a dispute, you're not going to go. You're not going to hire this guy because you remember what a shit job he did in our case. Well, we also want we want a resolution. Right. How do we want a resolution, Sal? We want it quick and and fair. That's, yeah. that's what we're looking exactly. for. And it happens every day. Michael Malice was talking about how eBay works. It's If Sal's selling some shit on eBay and I feel like I got ripped off, neither one of us may be completely happy with the resolution, but we have one. Where right now, our resolution, if we're going to use the court system, 
is incredibly expensive and it takes an incredibly long time. And so we're both going to be dissatisfied even if one of us, you know, quote unquote wins. Well, by the time you win, you lose all your winning. Also, you know, there's a, anybody out there who's read the book, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein, which is one of my favorite books of all time. He's got a great scene in there where they go through this, right? There's this like sort of like ad hoc dispute and they say, we need a judge. I say, hey, will you, we, we both consent to you being the judge. And it's sort of this like, he, Heinlein goes through the steps that it would, that, it, uh, would probably happen in a private society. So we have a question here that just went off screen, but how do you think UBI factors into this? What, slavery? How does slavery factor into, I mean, that's forced coercion. So how does it factor in? I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's coercion. It depends. Yeah. I mean, you can only get UBI depends. by taking it from somebody else, right? Like By force. Or not KG. necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. So you could micro pay people to involve themselves in the decision making process, to educate themselves on the issue, to learn about the issue, to comment, to add their voice to the ag to the agora to the agora, right? Like that's not UBI. Mm, you're that's talking about like voluntary though, X. You're no, saying yeah, it's you're voluntary. Paying. That's different. Universal yeah, means yeah. everybody gets it, but Somebody's got to pay for it, right? X, X is talking like about paying, voluntary, paying though. somebody for their. I mean, what you're talking about it could be like the, directly the way you you're. Need. Ta- <laughs> it could be directly the way you're talking about it. It could also be along the lines of like, if you look at what the Brave browser does, right? If you use the Brave right. browser, you get paid because they get paid, but that's all voluntary. And uh, if you look at it, the average user's data that spends a lot of time online is worth about $8 a day. That's right. when you're monetized on Facebook and so you're worth about $8 a day. So we, we can have annuities, right? Today. We can have ways that people can earn money for their existence, but they're still right. doing something and somebody has to pay the bill that's doing it voluntarily. What Rob's asking about with UBI is what happens to society if you install, yeah, you know, everybody in the country gets a check for two grand a month. Well, depends, right? if, you're, if you're if you're producing power and you have excess and you have a permaculture system where the abundance is there or a cooperative or a credit union like that could be that could be used towards what, you know, basically is a UBI. But it's not thieving from somebody else to you know, not not robbing from Paul well, no, or whatever the way. It is. Well, let's look at a place where this works. Right. As, as, as well as anything a state has ever done. Alaska. Back to Greenland. Right. Well, Alaska is what I'm thinking of, because Alaska says. The oil of Alaska, on at least some level, belongs to the people of Alaska. No one takes it from anybody else. An oil right. company that goes to Alaska to extract oil is aware of the rules. The people that live in the borders of this state have a certain ownership stake in the oil. And right. when you extract the oil, there's a royalty you pay to the state. The state distributes to its citizens. That's not directly taking money from anybody. It is a collective right. ownership. It, I don't like that it's a state-based system, but it's the closest thing to compensating people based on where they live I've ever seen, you know. To but that is pleasing for Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia does it with oil. That's, like people who are really like that's living theft, in Saudi though. Arabia. They get you're stealing, though. You're, you're, no, you're no, taking – if the oil is no, on so my property and you guys claim it and distribute it to everybody else in Alaska, then you're robbing me of what's rightfully mine. That's I don't even know how they one. handle private property because almost no oil is being extracted from private property in Alaska. It's all public property. Yeah, that's, um, that's where we, we, but it's not like, denial of the ability to do so. 
prevents entrepreneurs from acquiring the land and and selling it whenever they want with it, which in, which again is, is aggression. Yeah, but tribes do this too. If you're part of a tribe that has a casino, they make payouts. Or if you're yeah. a tribe that has oil, they make payouts mm. to their tribal members. The same with the Saudis. They do that for everybody who's a Saudi citizen. Everybody gets paid because the oil of the it's, it's like a it's a permaculture system. Really? It's like here's well, our it's actually a horrible system because those those tribal peoples that are in those stipends are some of the poorest people on the planet and the, the their their reservations have been destroyed. But that's also because they're limited in what they can do with the resource they have by their treaty with the great white devil in Washington. But is the question, is that how, even can, how can a UBI-like thing happen under agorism, or is the question, what would happen if we put UBI here? So, so I, think I don't know, Rob. It's going to be a fucking you nightmare. You asked this fucking question, Rob. You explain to us what the Rob fuck Rob needs to explain, about. because on, really. those are two different questions, right? <laughs> we are, can no. decide that in our community, we have a resource that everybody shares revenue from, sure. and you end up with a basic level of income from that and make your decisions based on that, right? Like we do that on a very micro level in the hauler with food production where four families share resources to produce food and we share labor and we all get food out of this. So, so let, let me, let me, you know, UBI in an agorist world. And I, I don't think there's such a thing, but if, if Alaska right. decides they're an agorist society and they have a shared resource of oil and can take, profits from the oil or an extraction tax or however they do that, isn't that their choice as a community? Yeah, and I think to Sal's point, I do think from what I know of Alaska, if I own land and I want to extract oil from it, I can do it. I just have to pay Alaska the royalty, which is actually a very small royalty, by the way. It's the market. Even if it's one cent, it's one penny stolen. But <laughs> to, to Rob's point about how to do it in an agorist world, I think it, it actually is possible, right? Milton Friedman spoke about a negative income tax rate, which was sort of the same thing. And what one idea that I used to have when I was still like a socialist minarchist was that you could take that negative in, income tax rate and slowly decrease it until you just sort of wean people off of the income tax altogether. But obviously, it never happens. Yeah, yeah explain <laughs> what that is. You lost so, it. So people who believe in limited government or small government are, are just communists, right? Because they still believe something should be be socialized. So whether you mean it's, every every form of statism is socialism. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I yeah. thought you were. Yeah. I thought you were. You know, saying like. Lib, uh, left I libertarian. I thought, yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. no. All right. I I was going left here. Which toe is your left toe? I don't, <laughs> left toe. Like, no, no, no. But, but please, Sal, go on because, uh, I, I'd really like to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, about, yeah. So just, I mean, that was basically it. So like there's a negative income tax rate and everybody gets back a certain amount, I think was Milton Friedman's plan. Uh, and it actually it was pretty sound if you think about it in terms of like just the economic. Oh no, Sal! Did you hit oh, me? Am I there? Yeah. Okay, come sorry. back. I don't know why yeah. I was on mute. It was but, when you were um, saying the best part that you went out. So, so it's starting so like, yeah. like I guess whatever amount that you're you're given, right? That like you could decrease that amount on like a recurring basis, so that over time you're left with zero. So let's say like the negative income tax rate starts out at 20%, right? And I think like the way Milton Friedman had it, if I remember correctly, was like 
whatever you earn, like there was a base, there was a, a basic income level and whatever you earned, like whatever that difference was, the state would make up the difference, right? Based on your, your negative income tax rate. So right. uh, imagine if like every year you decrease that rate and eventually you got to a point where nobody got shit, right? Everybody got zero. That's the only way I could foresee it working in an agora society. But the problem is once you give politicians the ability to do that, they'll never decrease it to zero, right? We all know that. that that's, oh, we know that. No. That's sort of, that's sort of the, the whole failure here. The second point is Milton Friedman's idea was tried in New Jersey. There was a test. They did it. And what they found was that the people who got these this UBI payment, they just they didn't want to work, right? And who the hell could blame them? If you're going to give me a paycheck, why would I? I'm just sitting on my ass all day and just get drunk. Let's stop To actually take this conversation where X is trying to, Let's stop calling it UBI. Right. Well, if it's it over and called it UBI and fucked it all up. So wait, I think so more on. what he's saying is how can we create self-organized groups right. that create an income for everybody in that group based on the group's value? Right. Yeah. And specifically based on that group's value externally outside the group, the external trade, whatever it might be, because we can't really create a UBI for everybody in the group from inside the group because that's just intergroup trade, right? So you're looking more like, and I don't know we would call it this because we wouldn't have need for these fucked up legal structures, but it's basically creating a co-op run by the members for the members for the benefit of the members and any profit that's actually realized above compensating people for their labor is returned to the members. That's how a co-op works now. So we have a farm meeting as a co-op, and Xavier is a member of the co-op. He bought in. He's an investor, whatever. But he sits on his fucking ass all day drinking mead. Uh, that's fine. But if Sal works his ass off planting potatoes, we pay Sal from the co-op's budget for his labor. But then the profit realized off his efforts go equally to Sal, to Xavier, to Nicole, to me, and everybody else. How is that that's- different from profit sharing? It's, it is it's essentially not, profit sharing, but it's creative yeah. profit sharing because if you have if you have a bunch of different channels for doing this, for instance, you have like different currencies. Essentially, you can actually measure the sectors that those currencies parlay to. You have a health sector that has a health currency, water, uh, food, education, and you can see the vitality and strength of all of those different sectors based upon the, the vitality of their economy or their currency. With like an ultimate trade in and out for all of them, you know, towards a central currency that was backed by all of them. Now, if you had that, you could pay out in like, you know, like let's say you needed more water, more fucking healthcare or something. You could be paid in those healthcare credits, thereby keeping the cash, um, cash uh, reserves of your organization or cooperative, but you're paying in a specific script or currency or credit that's redeemable only for that one thing, healthcare or whatever it is, right? So you can actually like bulkhead all of these different sectors find out what a person actually needs and give them that specific currency, keeping the, so what I'm basically saying is, is that there are ways to, to share value that don't necessarily hit your bottom line as an organization. Right. So like you could pay in like police script or whatever, police credits for the, those guys. And they have like a specific, specific places where they could redeem those for, right. Their basic services or whatever. So you, what you have is you have different currencies, all valued at the vitality of each of those different sectors. And then you can actually pay out in those things, thereby keeping your cash flow bottom line. So you actually make more money, essentially more profits or more abundance to share. 
But we have, what you're talking about is not just profit sharing. You're talking, talking about expense reduction for everybody. So if we yes. got together and we were able to put together a group and we had, you know, I just covered this ancient civilization that had 5,000 people living on 900 acres and did it sustainably for a thousand fucking years. Which is awesome. And they had no yeah. agriculture at all. They did it all as hunter gatherers. They lived on shellfish and game and nut mast. Nine fucking hundred acres actually under their control. Four to five thousand person average population millennial fucking society that existed for a thousand years. Right. And so yeah. if you're that today versus like 5,000 years ago, I think is when this group, it's Poverty Point, Louisiana is where this, this was located. And you said today, like, okay, so we want to buy some, or we need security. So we call up the security firms and they go, well, how many people are we serving? 4,000. We're getting a much better rate per person, right? Right. So now the expense to do that. Now, this is where you get into how do you not become a state? Sal says, fuck that shit. I don't need security. And, and X and Nicola and I are like, listen, fucker, the reason you don't need security is because our security fucking dudes are patrolling all around our shit. So right. how do you manage that? I think you manage that with private agreements. You wanted to be part of this. You chose. This is not a mythical fucking social contract. You actually chose to be part of this. If you want to leave, fuck off. And I think when we tried, we tried to put a community together and I almost did it until a guy from the FTC said they were going to put me in prison. Yeah. The way I was doing it. But, but our, our, our system of exit was, okay, Sal says fuck this shit. Okay. Well, this shit is a place, right? We actually, you actually live here. You live within the borders of this place that we all went in and were part of together. We agree that if you can't sell out, we will buy you out at market rate value of your position. And we actually want a first offer agreement where the members of a society, if you want to leave, not even because you're pissed, you just decide this isn't for me anymore. Okay, fine. Here's your market rate value. We as a community get a right to buy it back before you leave. But that's all a private contract you enter to when you go in. How do you, like, I don't even have that big of a problem with the Constitution for the fucking people that were alive and participated in it being issued. I'm sitting here 13, 14 generations later going, how the fuck am I party to this contract? So how would you perpetuate right. that to where your kids are now? You did. So this is the, yeah. that, that's, that's the, that's the free rider really problem. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's an economics they call it the free rider problem, right? Like imagine yeah. I had, imagine I'm a flower farmer, right? And, and Jack is a, a, a honeybee farmer. He's got, he's, he sells honey or something. Yeah. His, his bees make their way onto my, my flowers and they eat my pollen and stuff like that. Okay. Right. Do I have the right to charge Jack for that? No, I have zero right to do that because he hasn't aggressed upon me. Right. There's no. There's no violation. Well, that made your no... flowers better, asshole. Exactly. Of course. So, but if anything, if anything, we could probably reach an agreement, right? But there would be yeah. no aggression. There's no. There's no reason for me to be like, you owe me money, Spirito. I'm coming to well, get you. What if that. my cows are eating your 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 grass and you plan on making and selling hay? Now I actually have cost you money. Right, right. Well, then there's like, and you know, you there's, there's a property crime involved. And now I could take you to a litigator or an or we could say, hey, I want to I want to graze my cattle. How much do you think you're going to get for your like, fucking hay? And I'll pay you a grazing fee. And then we have a better. No, see, but see how things are resolved in the Agora, like peacefully, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> what about, how do you what do about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. 18, you get 18 year 18 years of a free ride. Right. 
You're born in the system. You get 18 years of a free ride. When you get to 18, you have to make a decision. Do you want to, you know, contribute and be part or, you know, fuck off? Basically. Well, I mean, at some point, so we talk about, they talk about the social contract here because this isn't that different than the world we live in where we have the social contract that we never sign. But, but the difference is you can actually come to a point where you make a decision. Yeah. But that's voluntary. Well, that's what X said. So is it what now I've offended him. He ran away. Anyway, like, (laughs) isn't that what the Amish do right now? Like, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think when you get to a certain age in in the Amish, they like send you away for a while to like go to New York City. Whatever's not closed down for the COVIDs. And then you live there for a while and you experience life on the outside of your community. And you either go back and basically say, I'm going to like pledge myself and stay in this community or no, fuck that. I want to go out and chase girls or whatever. And I think that, and everybody's okay with it, but now you're, you're leaving and now you go somewhere else and you, you're on your own. I I think that's how that works. That's Grobspringer. That's what it's called. And it is. It's at a certain age, you go out for as long as you like. And at some point you have to decide. And from what I've read, and I don't know this for sure, it's not a set amount of time. Just um, if, just to return real quick, if we could just rewind for one second. And I don't want to go too far back. But going back to, like, the whole UBI thing and stuff like that, think yeah, about, yeah. like, how the much more. Right, right, same thing. Think, think about how much more efficient it is in the private market than it is today. Because, like, so isn't, so isn't that what Social Security is? Which is a fund which is completely bankrupt. And like, if you compare that to private alternatives like annuities or, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations or Firon or something like that, the private market does so much better than the social security fund or anything like that. So I just wanted to make that point too. If you compare the two, there's really no comparison. Well, I mean, when you talk about social security, like the one good idea George W. Bush had, Right. Got done, right? No, it's because he was the one pitching it, and he was the yeah. wrong guy to pitch it. It was a and marketing he was like, he's like, My friends, we should take like just one sixth of your Social Security and let you manage it privately. And there, you know, but you know why we that will was never manage here? our Social Security privately ever but, because he said that. Because he said it. But had it been done, the reason it was yeah. brilliant is in ten years, you would have went. Why is my one six three times the value of my five six? Yep. Right. I think exactly. we need to do more of this. And that's why it was a brilliant idea and why it would never occur, right? Like, but that was like his only, that was the only good idea the motherfucker ever and had. That happens, you know? that happens whenever they let just a little bit of privatization into the market. That's what happened when they, they when FedEx started, started moving packages. That's what happened when China opened up to just a little bit of more of uh, capitalism. Now they have huge markets now. It's like it's like a light that you can't stop once it's a little bit gets in. It's like opening a dam, Sal. Yeah, exactly. If you take the gravity out, of the water going through, it yes. can't be stopped once it starts, and that's exactly. scary to them. Somebody in a global turn down where they can write financial articles like the one we talked about earlier. If you take out real estate, because then the U.S. still dominates, China's making more millionaires every year yeah. than any other country in the world. The only reason we're ahead on that is because real estate in the United States. That's well, that'll, that'll all, eventually if, if Joe Biden keeps inflating the currency, we're all going to be millionaires pretty soon. I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> you keep buying R, you're going to be a billionaire. Yeah, is great. yeah I'm going to keep buying Bitcoin. That's 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 I think so your only defense right now. We're about to go through what what's being called a debt jubilee. That's not. It sounds yeah. fun. It's not. You don't know what it is. Xavier, what happened to your camera, dude? I'm sitting outside looking at the forest. 
So I don't oh, okay. know if you want. Why to can't we look at the forest? What the fuck? There he is. Oh, that was actually kind of cool. I went to your green screen for a second. Yeah, good yeah. for you. I just wanted to keep it professional. He's yeah, just so pissed because I have better mead than he does. Yeah, we're gonna keep it real, Dave. You're not professional. Shit. All right, cool, cool. Keep it real, well, not professional. View. That needs to be a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Sal's pissed now. I broke out the meat. He's going to get another beer. Yeah. Cheers. That's a good one. <laughs> so what's yeah, everybody so drinking I, I like now? Because what's everybody it, it's drinking changed. now? Yeah, I've got. I've still got brandy. What you got? What do you got, Jack? Uh, apricot mead that's like four years old now. Oh, yum! I got a uh, blue, blueberry mead that I made that's four years old. Okay, but Sal's gonna come back with something good, right? Me, kid. Or sparklets. no i think this is actually a really good discussion because it is not we're we were going to do utopia and instead we decided we're going to talk about like the complicated shit as x leaves again it's just me and nicole yeah hi it's the jack and nicole show (laughs) well when i have to roll a cigarette and i did i didn't want to influence any of the youngsters in a bad way no come on just roll your cigarette we know you smoke cigarettes there's other things you could be rolling yeah i mean we might have asked what it was. Yes, yeah, yeah, CBD flower. So the idea here is that we've got a negative UBI or a negative uh, income tax that gets distributed to people. We decide how we do it. We outperform the government. We actually learn how to fucking cooperate and put aside our egos and find actually the systems that work best. And everybody decides and can see. But that's the fucking critical piece. Like people need to see that it's better than another system or a suggestion performs better than another suggestion without the influence of the ego and the insecurity that people carry with them in a, like that enables fucking the, the, the people who can put aside that shit to conquer us. Is right? there any place in our system for the concept of there are certain things that should be accessible to all? Because even the fucked up state has some places that are universally accessible. So, for instance, coastlines. Right. So like if if Sal owns a fucking beach house right now, I can't walk through his yard to get to the beach. But if I walk up the beach, he's fucked. I can be the public up on his private beach and there's nothing he can do about it. Navigable waterways are considered the right of all people. If there's a navigable waterway, even if it runs right through the middle of Nicole's property, I can go through there on a boat. You know, that's what we call the commons. That's the problem. Right. Is but that the really the problem? Of the commons. Well, yeah, look, 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 at, look at all the military. Sorry, Sal, go ahead. What about breathing air? I breathe Everything. air no matter look where over. I am, and you wait, can try wait, to wait, charge wait, me wait, for wait, it, wait, but Sal, it doesn't just, happen. Just because just, Sal's going to be the one that takes the most militant position against this, so it's interesting <laughs> to hear his answers, right? So let's say that I buy a piece of land upstream from you, and I damn the fucking stream that's been running through your property for 10 generations and the water doesn't go to your fucking property anymore. That's okay. And I've got a private, and I've got a private security force and you can't do shit about it. It says, fuck you. If you fuck with my damn, I will shoot you in the fucking forehead. It depends on on, on what what agreement we've reached on on the water rights that I've, that I've signed on to and that I've negotiated with the previous owner. It depends on a whole sort of circumstances that we don't, we don't have enough information to determine, but in general, yeah, yes, no, you have no, the right no, no. to do. I'm, I'm 10 miles upstream you from have, you. You don't have you any, have the, we have no agreements with each other. Then you got the right to do it. You have the right to do that. Okay. Um, so now let's go another way. You now we, you buy your beach house. You own your beach. I can't walk on your beach. How far off do you own in, in the, in the ocean? Is the ocean great, your property? Should every square great, foot of ocean be deeded to an individual? 
so there's a great book called Water Capitalism by Walter Block, and he goes through a lot of this, and he he discusses all of these sorts of weird sort of uh, circumstances, and yeah. like, yes, like I'm sure there probably is, like you know, if you own, you can own a, a parcel of the ocean, right? And that's the way it should work in a free society. That's why a lot of these waters are being overfished. But my point here is. Yes, you have the right to do all of those things, as provided you're not you're not aggressing on. Anyone. But nobody owns them right now, so how is ownership established? Is it just I go out there and fucking say I own this? Like through homesteading, through homesteading by by mixing your labor with with the with the land. Because see, this is the one place I diverge from my people. I guess I do see wisdom in the think about it. Like, think about North it. America, the the first peoples, right? I do see wisdom there that there were certain things that were seen as that. Everybody has a right to these things by nature. Human. Think about like like you said, navigable waters. These trading yeah. routes. Look yeah. at the Strait of Malacca. Right, it's one of the most um, busy straits in the world. So much trade has to anything going from Japan, China, Vietnam, Korea. All that shit has to pass through the Strait of Malacca. That's going to or from Arabia, India, Africa. There's only one small channel. It all has to pass yeah. through. Right. Yep. Because it, it's public, because it's, everyone has a right to use it, right? There's no exclusivity. Countries are fighting over it. We have China, the Philippines, Vietnam, the U.S., all fighting over the South China Sea because it's not privatized. If it was privatized, one company could own it. And if, let's say, for whatever reason, they did a shit job, another company would come in and take over. And that's the way the market would work. How we'll can have you have competition option. for a thing that there's only one of, right? Like, if you're talking about, like, All ways that we can move product, that's fine. But if one person owns a pinch point like that, it goes through homesteading, right? Whoever homestead it owns it, and if they do a shit job, they want to sell it. They can. If you can, if you they can do a shit job and they don't want to sell it. Let's think. Well, well, good, good. That's a good point. Let's say I homestead it. I own Strait of Malacca, and I'm doing a really shit job running it. Right? It's a real, real bad job. I'm losing money left and right. Now you come in and you say I can do a much better job than Sal is, right? Now you have an incentive to pay a higher value than I that I'm willing to that I, that I'd be willing to to sell it for, right? Yep. That's how the market works. So that that's I'm a, demoting just a, you. One example. <laughs> <laughs> What did I miss? Sal was demoting. It's just a you. joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you back where you were. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, okay. <laughs> how do I do that? You don't. You can't. Oh, That's a dictator. And he has a private army. Here's a good question. Can the collective remove the shit homesteader? Yeah. There is no collective. Watch right here. See? Well, he left. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, so I removed him. I was so pissed him. off he left. I, he, I removed him and I put him back. See? So, like, <laughs> is there a place for dictatorship? I mean, like voluntary dictatorship. So, The most successful permaculture community I know of, I would never fucking join. Correct. It's oh, I fucking know. crazy oh, ass Pauline fucking, yeah, 100% Paul. not going fucking nut job Paul. fucking <laughs> piece of a mountain, right? Like he literally has a rule that like if you, if you live there and you, you, you eat food that's not produced on site, it has to be at minimum organic food because your shit will contaminate the composting toilet if you eat planter's peanuts. And I would never be part of it, but you know what? It works, and no one makes me be part of it, so I'm okay with it. But I won't even go there for a PDC level alone. Like, I mean, he's gonna sit there and eat blueberry pie, but I can't eat planters peanuts. No. Well, I'm that's why we have it. um, what is it? Uh, what's the word? It's these like gated communities. What the, I, yeah, like gated the word communities, of, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Like in a, in a, or you know what the word I'm looking for is covenant society. This is the word that Hans mm-hmm. Hoppe uses, right? In a covenant society, everybody sort of agrees. They sort of agree to like a certain set of principles or a charter, and that's completely fine, right? And if you had you had competing covenants, right? Only the the ones that are most successful that have the best charter that would those would be the ones that attracted the most capital, the most people. Well, and like right. so, can't Sal have his little fucking beach house dictatorship where he says he owns the beach and fuck you, you can't come on it. And can't Xavier and I buy the rest of the whole fucking coast of Florida and say, stay there, you little miserable bastard. Yeah. And but, then we know, can but, come up with a membership program that's cheap and you can walk on our beach for five fact, somebody, years. The, the somebody, water rights question's a really good one because if I shit in the water upstream and it pollutes your property, I have now aggressed on your property. I'd say right. an action I have say. taken has negatively impacted your property or if I, I have put, civil recourse. Even in an like, what, what does water? that look like? Sal's saying you're fucked because you're downstream. What if she's not shitting in your stream, Sal? What if she's dumping fucking radium in your stream? I don't. Because she fucking hates you. Who's to say? I, who's to say I own that water, right? Who's to say that I own those? You water do. Particles? You bought this piece of land. It's deeded to you in a private. And, and the spring and comes up on your land, land and then creates a river. The nightmare happened. situation that you guys are describing is happening right now in the Middle oh, East. I know it is. Right, Turkey is is upland from the rest of of the Middle East, and they control the waterways, and that's yeah. the only reason giving Erdogan all this power, right? Yeah, that that's that's how the state operates. If it's private, it wouldn't be that way, right? So if you dump radioactive shit into the river, and you and you the whole town has to you know die of thirst because of you, no one's going to want to do business with you. People are going to outcast you. You're going to be shunned from society. No one's going to want anything to do with you. And it's in this way that, like, people keep each other in line in a voluntary fashion rather than using guns and policemen and militaries. Actually, I don't know, my man. Because, like, I know that you have – you and I are probably closer on the whole, like, there are certain things that should be accessible to most, right? Yeah, there's a lot of presumptions here. A, that people are going to be reasonable with one another – when we've been shown throughout history that people would be unreasonable for for stupid reasons, right? And they'll just disagree for really egoic reasons, and and you won't be able to sit and reason with them to figure out a a solution that works in the free market. The whole reason that the state exists in the first place ostensibly is to protect people from outside invading armies. The might how's that working right out? Sort of thing. It's not working. Well, I mean, it's gotten us this far. Works great now, for now, us. Now, Tell that to the people on Manhattan on 9-11. No, agreed, because the system itself has been corrupted. There hasn't been accountability. Like, if you get to a group of people more than 120 or whatever that, 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 that name for that number is, the Braxton number or whatever it is, you've got people who uh, it, it becomes unruly. You have to have a set of agreements that are codified, and you have to give people an opportunity to buy into or relieve themselves of that of that agreement. We don't have that opportunity any further. We are in a position where we're born into a system that is serving evil, for lack of a better term, and we are trying to figure out a better way and a way out, right? Now that there are some things that the ideals of this country that was founded on were good, but there's a lot of bullshit, a lot of like horrible, horrible shit that brought brought this experiment of self-determination and self-governance, because that's what it was supposed to be, self-governance. And now we have a system that is a boot on us, right? And so that's the that's the fucking state. In the original days, like it was hard to get a state to want to be part of the union. So what we have to do, in my opinion, is to develop a system that works better, that gives everybody a voice, that gets rid of the tragedy of the commons, that answers guys debate here on water rights and shit. 
Because if, if everybody owns something, nobody does. Nobody's responsible for it. So you have land, water, all of these things that uh, ostensibly are like taken care of, but there's no person exactly. who's responsible for it. The only way you can do that is is like with blockchain technology nowadays, where you can actually like if if this campground were owned by Firearm and people were shitting on it and it was like you know destitute, like it would affect everybody negatively in the amount of. Uh, returns that they were getting from the, 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 the productivity of the system, right? We would actually be able to say, oh, the campground currency is fucking devalued because this KOA is fucking falling apart. We'd have a metric that we could have immediate biofeedback on that would affect people's wallets and bottom line. And then you'd be able to divvy up in, into minute little bits the ownership of everything and everybody would feel it. So you you have to address that tragedy of the commons because if it's not run by somebody who's accountable, then it will be taken advantage of. Like the system that we live in currently takes advantage of us because we do not have a voice or a say in how it's actually manifest or run. We have no no accountability. The people who are making decisions for us literally could fuck like the biggest. Uh, what was McAfee? He said that like the biggest trafficker in the world is the head of the U.S. Um, immigration's office. Right, Secretary of State for Immigration, because you can't kick them out of their job. There's no accountability. Well, I mean, just one more, just one more analogy, just to illustrate for everybody what, exactly what you're saying, X. Think about like, um, like the, I guess the hardest case that we have to answer for as agorists is the privatization of the military, right? That's sort of the the, the one that people want, like try to hit us with all the time. But we saw the extent of the, the states or the collective's incentive to protect us on 9-11, right? Or at least their ability to protect us, regardless of whether or not they wanted to. We saw their ability to do so. Um, now, imagine well, sorry, you sorry. are... They, they, they fucking failed us because they listened to the, the rule of authority and the people who had gotten in the positions of authority fucking sold us downriver. They like our own system fucking attacked us. Yeah. Sorry. Now, but like now imagine you are the CEO of a giant insurance company and you've written policies on every skyscraper in lower Manhattan. Right. So that if something happens, if there, if all these buildings fall, you have to pay out of your pocket to, to rebuild them. Doesn't that person, wouldn't you in that situation have an incentive to make sure that there's no fucking errant airplanes flying around, there's no torpedoes coming in, wouldn't you have an incentive to maybe, I don't know, put an aircraft carrier off the coast of Manhattan, off of lower Manhattan, to make sure nothing pops off unexpectedly? The state yeah. doesn't give a shit about us because there's no accountability. The market you, actually does love quick, you. That's, that's brilliant, Sal. That's one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. So this, what somebody's going to say is, well, what, what happens when 20 fucking insurance companies have the risk spread across all of them? Wouldn't they all conglomerate and load share on the defense of what they're insuring? What do you mean? Say, say that again. Well, you said you're, I'm an insurance company and I have like, I have an insurance policy written on every fucking I have a monopoly basically is the way you okay. describe it. You didn't use the word, but it would affect if I own. Just I, use your example. Jack Inc. is the insurance company for all the skyscrapers in Manhattan. Yeah, Jack Inc.'s putting a fucking aircraft carrier out there or some shit, right? Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to not have to pay that bill. But if if Jack Inc., Nicole Inc., and Xavier Inc. all have policies written in that area, we'd probably all get together and go, hey. I'll pay for a third of it. You know, do you have a – and it might even be like I have I'm, – I'm a bastard, so I have 80% of the business. So you're coming up with 10, he's coming up with 10, I'm coming up with 80 of the cost. But we will work together – 
to provide defense because we're the ones that lose if exactly. this happens, right? Even if, even if yeah, you yeah, and X throw up all the money and Nicole just books out on her on her on her bill whatsoever, she gets to going back to that free rider problem. Yeah, okay, she would be a freeloader. The the people, the residents in her her building, her apartment complex are still going to be safe. They're going to survive because you guys are incentivized, right? The the costs of not getting the coal's money still outweigh the cost of not having your buildings knocked down. Because our guys are going to prevent the cruise missile from coming in, right? But you know what we're not going to prevent? The fucking guy that goes up into her building and starts freaking tearing it apart because they want the copper in it, right? And now her tenants, her tenants have an incentive to leave and to go over to Jack Spierko's complex where they know that Sal Mayweather's armed security forces are outside, you know, all day and night. And now that (laughs) we've established I'm a terrible landlord. (laughs) That transcends everywhere because, like, think it like people say, well, about fire departments, right? Well, first of all, that's already done volunteering a lot of places anyway. Yeah. But I'm yeah. also like, I if, if I'm the insurance company insuring all these buildings, I don't want them to burn down anymore than I want them hit with an airplane. Well, this goes and back to And I'm actually the- way more concerned about them burning down than being hit with an airplane because, remember, we have no state. There's no great Satan to fly a plane into at this point. So, you know, maybe the volunteer fire department needs a new hook and ladder. That's pretty cheap if you're the kind of insurance company we're talking about, right? Like, eh, we'll we'll get you a hook and ladder, but, but we need an agreement with you that you show the fuck up. We're what ifing way beyond the boundaries of where we need to what if. Right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're getting to some granular shit because, it, like, ultimately, because because our enemies do. We're just proving that we can actually answer these fucking questions. We can answer these questions, but. In current society, we don't answer these questions. Buildings so, still burn to the ground. But people believe there's answers. That's the difference. Right. And and that's where – so I think if we engage on the level of what ifing to this point, we're losing the battle. Oh. It's, it's time to just try it. And well, right. part of the point of having the utopian discussion – outside the confines of the current society is that there is nothing you have said that we can do here that we can't just do. Is there anything that you said that we can't just do? A lot of things. Like what? A lot of things. Like actually run a co-op the way it should be run without going to fucking club fed because I tried to do it and they said, we're going to put you in club fed. I mean, I had a guy walk up to me, go, I love you. I listen to you every day, but I work for the FTC and they're going to put you in fucking federal prison if you do that. And he didn't know way to do it. There's a way to do it, but it's not, it's not as effective as just doing it. It, 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 there, there's things you give up to do it in a way where you don't go to prison. Right. Well, there's a way that you can, you can sell memberships without having to have it be a security. Like there, that, that's the simple precedent. You can sell a membership that you don't and have. And then you have to pay tax on it, and then you take your investor's money, and you devalue it by 40% the minute they pay it well, to you. Somebody in the chat before mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was the, the, the Duke of Boers or one of those communal societies. I forget. Scroll up in the chat. Somebody mentioned it. But they, they do it in a, in a way that's um, sort of like you're saying, sort of like a co-op where they all sort of agree to pull their resources, but – how successful and how private they actually are is sort of up for debate. But, but, you know, Sam Konkin, the founder of Vigorous philosophy, his grandparents were Dukabors. And that sort of is one of the reasons that he's so sort of, uh, friendly towards, uh, yeah. these mutual aid net- networks and societies. 
just to be clear, here's what I'm saying. Let's say that right now, Nicole, Sal, X, and I decide we're going to create a, a, um, anything, a farm, a co-op, it doesn't matter what it is, a company, and we say, okay, to do this project is going to cost us a million dollars. We all want to be equal. We all tender a quarter million dollars, and we put it into the company. Right now, how much do we owe the fucking federal government? How much income do we have? Zero. Zero. We owe no fucking taxes. 100% of that million dollars can be now put into the infrastructure of this entity becoming what we want it to become. Now, we decide we're going to take X's model. We are going to sell memberships, and we're going to raise a million dollars across a 100 fucking people to, to, to develop this community with a million dollars worth of capital. We owe taxes on one million fucking dollars. We have no expenses against this except maybe some, like, merchant fees and some web hosting or some shit like that. Like basically all of our investors who have joined as investors are now having their capital devalued by 40% as a tax burden that we incur. And if we go develop anything that we think of as infrastructure with the money, right? It's not an expense. If we buy something that's like a consumable, that's an expense. But if we like, we're going to do a, we're going to do a farm. So we put fencing and we put ponds and we put roads in. We have to depreciate that fucking shit over 30 years. So the expense that we actually can take off of it in year one is almost nothing. So all of the people that I've taken their money and I want to be a good student of their money, I just flushed 40% of their fucking money down the toilet the day we start. And there's your problem. That's when people say we can just do this shit now. That is a significant problem. And we're in a competitive, we're still in a competitive marketplace. So I've just put all these people who love what I said, love what X said, love what Sal said, love what Nicole says. They believe in our mission. We've just put ourselves at a 40% disadvantage with the marketplace out of the gate and we funded the fucking beast for 40%. That is being a 501c3. You're still fucked. You can't do that. Imagine instead of Jack Spirko doing that or organizing that project, imagine it was organized by a decentralized autonomous organization like a, like a DAO, like a run on on a blockchain or something like that. Government says it's a security. There's no central, there's no Imagine it wasn't done in the U.S. There wouldn't be any entity. If it wasn't done in the U.S., if it involved U.S. residents, it's still a fucking security. Yeah, but there would be no entity, no centralized entity to enforce it. Hold on, X. I know you have answers. I'm gonna, I'm fucking with them first, right? Like, I I want you to come in on this, right? The government says if I do that and I locate my shit in fucking UAE or something like that, but I'm taking your money, you're a U.S. citizen, I, not only do I have to KYC you, I have to pay the fucking United States government, right? Or you have to be an accredited investor. Now, I've limited my invest. If I can go outside the country and you're worth more than $2 million and you're an accredited investor, I can get around that. But now I've limited my investment pool to the top 5% of society. Excellent. No- I know you're right. You're about to lose your fucking mind. Go ahead. He is. <laughs> so I'm halfway. I'm already right halfway back, through too. my I'm already halfway through my bottle of mead, so, you know, pardon any... That's more than half. I saw how high that fucking thing went. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm going to get more myself. So if you're selling... Yes, if you're selling... Well, fuck, okay. If you're selling a security, you guys have to be there to fucking argue back, all right? Um, So if you're selling a security... I'm here. I'm just just looking at my bottles of mead. If you're selling an investment vehicle that guarantees you a return, yes... But if you're selling a membership, right, you're se- like, let's say fucking Mar-a-Lago, President Trump sells memberships, even, you know, whatever golf communities there are, they sell memberships and you have to pay to be a part of that. Now, they don't have revenue sharing models. There's no, 
you know, anything there saying like you are guaranteed this. And there's nothing saying that you can sell a membership to a community, which is revenue, right? And then later, after you have the initial amount that you need, then you put in stipulations like, oh, by the way, everybody's getting this. Everybody's getting that. You see, no, you can do that. You can't 100%. use it. You can't use it to incentivize your members to come in. And then exactly. when I sell you a me- when I sell you a membership for a thousand dollars, what's my income? As a five hundred one c three membership organization, I don't pay taxes on that. That's why I'm confused. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but I then- pay taxes, but I didn't. So for on the income, I did not pay taxes. Okay, the problem. Yeah, with and doing if you set up a trust. trust. No, 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 no. no. And, and I want to be, I want to be corrected because correct. this is something I want to resolve. Because if you do valid. it as a five hundred one, you are going to be approved that there's things you have to do with that money. And correct. investing it for the people that gave it to you and providing a service to them is not that fucking thing. You can't do that. That doesn't work. So if okay, you, do, so you're investing it rather than providing services for it. Correct. So if you are a five hundred one and and Sal gives you money. The day he gives you that money, Sal has no fucking say about anything that happens with that money. Except for votes from the membership. Right, but you can't return a profit to Sal because you don't have a profit. You have to spend the money. And if okay. you, so you're trying to pay out UBI from that or something. No, no, no. I'm trying, to return, I'm trying to provide an ROI to my member who's actually an investor. We're trying to do status jujitsu here. And can you, I, can you services that? Isn't this what Bernie no. Madoff did? Because I did services for membership. So membership got you services, which was a certain amount of time in my world. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about actually creating something like a community, like like a, right, a right. going concern that distributes a value to members and allows members a say in how the entity operates. Okay. You can do that with memberships. Xavier is exactly right. What you're not doing, though, the difference is we all get together and we start a company to do this. Right. There's right. zero tax burden on the contributions because it's called capitalization. We've right. capitalized the revenue. We've made it for the purpose of running the company. This is fine. If we take it from people who are buying a membership it goes down as revenue for the company, and the only thing it gets expensed against is what you would call cost of goods sold. Right. And you're 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 going to pay out when you get all said and done about forty percent in taxes on that money because everybody. It's not just the federal corporate taxes. Yeah, everybody I got wants it. Their piece. So now, for every dollar my members gave me, I can only put sixty cents to work for them. Depends. But, if you set it up in Ireland, you don't. The, 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 the issue, the, the overarching issue here is that there's a centralized entity involved for the state to target. If you remove that centralized entity, then you're good. So, like, like if we yes use a DAO no. organization, then we'll, then then there's no there's no problem. There's no one to enforce these rules. No, there, there is there is a problem with the DAO, and we saw that when Ethereum rolled out its DAO. Yeah, lost sixty right. million dollars well, because if nobody owns the thing, then nobody is responsible. If everybody owns the thing, then nobody is responsible. There has well, the, issue the, that, the issue with the DAO was that none of us could could audit the code properly, right? Like I like I I lost a shit ton of money in the DAO because I didn't know what I didn't know how to read the code. But if you know in a free society, if it was audited correctly, I'm not like that. Like in other words, what I'm trying to say here is that doesn't mean the fact that one DAO failed doesn't mean that the next DAO can't succeed. So, and so I'm still struggling with why in a 
in a 501c3 membership organization, if your membership gives you access to land and housing and food and whatever comes off of it, is it that we're not paying you a check also that's the problem? No. The problem with the 501 is that you have to have a, a stated – when you file for your paperwork, yeah. you have to have a stated mission to where this money people give you is going. And you right. can literally pay the shit out of salaries. You can piss away 98% of the money donated to you. Remember, your money's going to be a donation, right? I know. You can piss away 98% in salaries and fuel for the CEO's jets, but when that person gets their salary, they're paying tax on their salary. Right. Understand that, okay? And some portion of the money has got to go to the state admission of the entity, which can't be tied back to the donors. We're talking about, fed, you're talking about federal prison here. You're not talking about a fine. I know. I'm, I'm trying to understand. Unless you're the you Clintons. <laughs> Wait, you're for Clinton, Don't you understand you this, right? But no, trust me, even the Clintons, whatever that, whatever that minute amount is. Yeah. It must go do the thing that donors think it's doing. It's going there. And if the thing that the donors think it's doing is providing them with no, housing and just, food. You're right there. You're going to Club Fed, providing them. Members with you're the services, your membership. Wow, I should money. be club fed. Okay, now, if we do this differently, maybe there's a way to do okay. this. If we create an entity, that, that's its business model. We that's sell memberships. Yeah. And yeah. money comes in from elsewhere to fund it as donations, maybe. But you start to get it when you start commingling donors and recipients. Oh, because the benefactor has to be defined specifically as the benefactor, whether or not they put money in. We provide food for homeless children in yeah. Chicago. Right, is right, 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 right. Sal Mayweather gets a fucking uh, a, an awesome meal once a week. No, Those I two get things that. don't go together. What if we what, what if we use this? Them. What if we use an entity that was invulnerable to state distortion? Okay, so let's go back to your DAO. That's where I was going. So you set up a DAO. Great. You set up a DAO, you can probably get out of a bunch of this shit. Until any one of the fucking people on this call right now, every single one of us, based on what we do, is what's known as a public personality. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a person who manages my money, and I can't say his name, even though he's a sponsor. I can say his name because he doesn't manage my money. <laughs> yeah, but don't say it right now. now you're I won't say it right now. Right? Okay, so... He can advertise a podcast on my show, but I can't say he's my advisor because I'm a public fucking personality. You're a public personality. Nicole, you're a public personality. Eck, you're an extra public personality. Why not? We do sponsorships for people all the time. When you promote the DAO, maybe they can't take down the DAO, but they can take down you. So now what you've done is you've created the most awesome store in the world in the middle of a desert with no roads going to it. And if one of us builds a road to it, then they take us out. So you can't market it. Big deal. So, at, least, at least, at least you're still untouchable though. Sorry, X. Go well, ahead. I'm not saying untouchable. No, no, no. Like, you're directly touchable as soon as I say, Hey, I think this is a great idea. I'm going to Club Fed for illegally really marketing a security because it's still a security <laughs> as far as the government's concerned. Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> that's why I'm not, that's why I'm not going to tell you the is two solutions World that War we are employing with Byron. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, isn't Byron doing this? You have to be a member yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know. Members download only. Download the app and, it, and, and check it You'll out. See. But see, even that no. right there, what you just said, if he says download the app so you can find out, Club Fed. 
He didn't know. No, Jack, I think that's a little bit uh, alarmist. I don't think that that is uh, accurate in the whole in the whole sense of the word. Like people can go out and promote the, the Dow as long as they're not getting paid from the Dow, right? In the in the sense to promote it. Like if if I were getting paid by uh, do you own the Dow organization? Do you own a controlling no. interest in the Dow? Do you have any shares in the you Dow? You will on Firon. Mr. Mr. Hawk, let me remind you, you are under oath. Do you have any shares in the Dow? If the Dow succeeds, do you benefit from it? Were you leveraging your personal were you leveraging your personal celebrity as minor as it might be for the purpose of this? Fuck you. Right? No. Like if you are not prepared to deal with that shit in a federal court in front of a federal jury who has been cherry picked to convict you. You are not able to do this without being fucked in the ass. Good luck finding his Firon tokens. Provide, what yeah, Firon? Oh, he's not smart exactly. enough to do privacy coins. I can find all his shit. Provided, <laughs> provide, <laughs> provided that it were selling securities, provided that it were in the jurisdiction of the United States, and provided that... Um, mm, see Ripple for that one. Yeah, is, well, are you taking money from U.S. States. citizens? No, no, no. no, no, no. Are you listed in U.S. See, here's your back no, to this. No. Like, we're not in a jurisdiction of the United States. Are you a U.S. citizen? Yes, you are. Are you publicly soliciting U.S. citizens? Welcome to Club Fed. Nope. And they will consider nope. firearm yeah, security not, if it makes them help. If it helps he's make, a their, US citizen. Help make their case. But he's not. Correct. Which is he's why, not. if you've noticed, fire tokens have not actually gone to market yet. We yeah. have done the right thing by going strictly to accredited investors who we vet. And then we are only doing that. And, and right now we're actually in a position where we're getting contracts, revenue, okay. not actual investors. If we can okay. build a considerable body of work or like the app and all of the functions that we need, then we can sell a membership that is not a guarantee to profit right. sharing, but it is all of the other things. And if we don't market the profit sharing, if we don't tell everybody, hey, you're going to get profit and we don't outline it in the fucking membership contract. And we give it to them, fine. What other fucking organization do you know that will do that? That will say, we could keep all the profits, we could keep all the control, but we're not gonna. But we're not, at, we're not stipulating in the contract. But what if you're saying like, we're not even doing, we're not even doing what you're saying? What if you just say, like, within this umbrella, you do your own shit? Isn't that what you're actually doing, X? Like, basically, like, you can create your own thing within this thing? Like if I was in, uh, in Firon, well, let's Isn't say it? that I was in, like, I joined Firon, like I did, and I want to do a thing, whatever it is. Can I do my thing inside Firon and can't my members and, and my tribe within Firon benefit without it benefiting Nicole's tribe within Firon? Cause now you're clean. That's the way you're clean. It, it can. Yes. Like if you do something and you set up an organization or a, uh, a private membership or the TSP you know, support brigade. Yeah. The, the, the TSP brigade, like you can give them all kinds of benefits and do all of that without it affecting directly Nicole, but in the, in directly, but it, but will, whenever you're charging me for that, right. The portion of that profit can go back to your members, but you didn't promise it. You just did it. Cause you like them. Like Costco gives me a rebate on my spending for fun. Right. Like every year I get a check from Costco for a couple hundred bucks and it's like you yeah, get two and a half percent credit back. Union works. Yeah, that's exactly how a credit union works. And your I mean, insurance policy, but you just gotta be really careful here. There's a lot of ways to go to Club Fed. 
Yeah, but then there's also, you know, a lot of ways to set it up in jurisdictions where that wouldn't send us to club bed. Like, and if you don't take Wyoming. money from Americans, really... your life is better. Wyoming. That's what I'm we're doing, right? You, I know American citizens are doing Wyoming, like... like the, the, the Cherokee or the fucking Mohawk. Or ooh, the, the, ooh, or the fucking, that, thing. that's the place I think we need to go. Yeah, oh, is, fuck, you got me to say it. I'm drinking too much. Nah, <laughs> see, yeah, I got my cranberry mead. You got your blueberry mead, but I have a small glass and you have a giant bottle. So I need another beer soon, guys. I'm gonna say move pretty soon. No, but yeah. like, so I actually do <laughs> think that Native American nations, and that's what they are, um, are one of the weak points of the state. Because I actually believe that if you're a senator or a congressman or a president, the one fucking, like people say Social Security is the third rail. They'll fucking fuck with Social Security. Don't, don't buy that. Oh, Social Security is like, you and I aren't going to see it, right? Yeah. But like fucking with the Chickasaw or the Navajo Nation for a politician, like you might as well just grab on to like 50,000 volt lines. Like, you're going to get fried, and I think that... And then like, what happens when we give them an entire governance system where they, as tribes, can co-mingle, co-do commerce, not be taxed, be able to... United together And have... I'm sorry, the United, the United First Peoples Nations. Right. And they're, they're not tribes. I found out that's disrespectful for me to tell you it's a tribe, X. So, yes, the nations. I so, was informed of that. Bro, when did you turn into a kid? My white people. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so white people told me that I'm offending your uh, native tradition by calling you a tribal person. I'm not sure how Karen knows that, but apparently I am. What happens when they have a geopolitical, like, they have geopolitical and geoeconomic wherewithal, and they all of a sudden can come to the table with fucking economics that, that rival a nation, right? Oh, the, the, the Marine Corps would be sent in right away. So, no, it would be like the Marine Corps gets the fucking medicine from the Apache Nation who doesn't have to pay taxes on import for that shit. So the U.S. Army right now gets all of its medicine from another country, imported into the Apache Nation, and then given to and distributed to the U.S. Army and not paying any taxes. So if they can do it, you can do it. Right. Because exactly. you're doing it for them, right? Like, so, like, then my next step in this process is... There's what you call, what you'd call provisional citizenship. Mostly nations call it being a national. So part yep. of El Salvador. And then all of a sudden, you're not a fucking American citizen anymore. You're part of the Apache nation or whatever. That's where I'm going. So El Salvador's new Bitcoin legal tender law. If you wanted to be an El Salvadoran citizen, I think they just have too many fucking, I love what they're doing, but they have too many fucking problems to do this. But if yep. you go down to El Salvador and you spend three bitcoins. You can instantly become an El Salvador national after the 31st of August when their law goes into full effect. Yeah. Now that does mean that's like 90 grand right now. Who can afford those transaction fees? Well, no, hold on. Fuck transaction fees. Let this go for it. We're not going to go into a lightning network discussion tonight, you and me, Sal, right? Let's just say that I go down to El Salvador and I want that beach house we were talking about you having. And like for 90 grand in El Salvador, I can buy a sick ass fucking beach house. So I buy a beach house for three bitcoins. I am now officially a U.S. citizen, but I'm also an El Salvadoran national. And I can get an El Salvadoran passport. I can do business as an El Salvadoran. I can travel as an El Salvadoran. Okay? And I have not given the country of El Salvador fucking anything. I bought myself a house with my own money. I can conduct business in El Salvador using Bitcoin and not worry about the float and paying tax 
on the float of the Bitcoin. I'm basically a provisional citizen of El Salvador, meaning I get all the rights of a citizen except a few. I don't get to vote. My, my, my kids aren't instantly citizens. I don't think that's how El Salvador works. I don't think they have naturalized citizenship. There's a few things I can't do, but overall, I can be an El Salvadoran or I can be a U.S. citizen. Why the fuck can't the people Xavier's working with put together a program where I can buy, invest, whatever, citizenship and be an official member of the Chickasaw or the Navajo or, or whatever nation or the combined nations? And then you want to know why? Because ego, and literally that is the thing, because the white man has destroyed their fucking way of life, and why the fuck would they want to take them in? The only Because way, we would be second-class citizens. What, that's right. The only way is if the tables were flipped, and you, you like you nailed it on the head, and, and, and if they understood that the vitality of life itself rested on this fucking decision. Otherwise, we're, like, we're literally all on the reservation. It's the biggest loophole in the world right now. Unless, but you know that this is the other thing that give them impetus. Somebody's going to do this. Somebody is going to do this. It's going to be Paraguay or Costa Rica or Honduras or, exactly. or Honduras or somebody's going to go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean there's these fucking pale ass motherfuckers that will give us like twenty grand just for a stamp? Yep. And we don't actually have to let them have anything except another piece of paper that says we gave them a stamp. And they'll give us yep. 20 grand. Yep. And, and how many, how many will do this? Um, 20,000 a piece times 20 million, oh, 400 million fucking dollars. That's the, some of these countries that's bigger than their GDP. And when one does it, do you know what happens? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, another good. one and another yeah. one and another one and another one. And I don't think so you can I'm do it without here. Nope. So I'm out here talking to investors and other motherfuckers who have no idea the, the, the gravitas of this. And they don't really care. They just care about their fucking bottom line because they're yeah. simple little humans who just happened upon a bunch of money or a bunch of hard work. Very, very few of the people that I've met with a lot of money actually are fucking smart, which has been like the biggest eye opener for me. But we can, we've, we've already been able to turn around and get contracts, like revenue for the company which is fucking incredible. And like, so we, we, we don't even have to give up any like equity or any of this shit. And like, once that actually activates and we get that money in the fucking bank, it's fucking game off. You look in the chat X. Yeah. See my latest comment. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet cows, all of us. Rob's been really great. He's been adding. No, 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 no. That's not my comment above Rob's. Here's the yeah, prelude no, to yeah. Rules Friday or Ruler, Rulers yeah, Friday, Rulers or Friday or whatever he calls it. Yeah, Friday yeah. for the Rulers or whatever. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like somehow this has to happen, and it if it's not, but the 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 easiest angle here, because the most money exists in the world in this nation, all four of us live in. So yep. it's yep. it's it's a stretch for me to move to any of these South American countries. There's advantages right now to doing it. Big advantages, right? And I still have it, right? But like going, I could buy a quarter acre inside the Chickasaw Nation in Oklahoma as right. part of this. And, and the, the federal government would say, they're not, this is what's fucked up about the 
the treaties and the reservations. They're not allowed to do that. I just think if they do that anyway, yeah, who the fuck's going to stand in their way? You can't do that. But guess what? We fucking did in our court that we run our own fucking nation. Remember when you <laughs> called it that? Said we can. So go fuck off, right? Like yep, I yep. could do that, and if they even say like you have to come up here and like pick up trash once a once a month, right, right, I, whatever it is, whatever contribution you need me is the blue eyed white devil to do to give yep. me this power against my own blue eyed white devils. I will do right, no problem, because I'm voluntarily doing it, and I, I think whoever moves first on this, there's this. It's a principle in martial arts. If if your enemy's limping and he's not faking, you don't go, gee, I'm not going to fucking take his knee out. You go, he's limping on his right knee. I'm going to fucking take his left knee out, right? And this there's this huge opening here. I mean, don't you think so, X? There's like a massive, like, like the beast. This is actually, that- like, we, we, we talked internally as a team, and we were like, we're going to put an employee of the year plaque of the Byron office that labels the CCP as the fucking employee of the year <laughs> for what they've done with the bioweapon and all of this bullshit that's happened to the, to the world. Oh my fucking because, channel band. <laughs> because careful, they, careful. Yeah. Well, never before has there been such chaos and uncertainty and it's in chaos and uncertainty where new systems are born. And I think that this is like that time pivotal in history and, uh, yes, I agree with you. Somebody's going to do it. So, you know, and this, this, we've had discussions in the Firearm community about the UN and fucking taking money from the UN. It's just, like, we live in a system where we have to take every opportunity we can. And because if we don't, somebody will. And if we don't, as good people who are reasoning and logical and, you know, ethical, then somebody will who's not. You know, I, 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 Shudder to do this right now because Sal's here. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, but the guy I think you need to talk to, X, is, actually, is Jack Mahlers, the founder of Strike, Ooh. who's yeah. built the um, the Strike Network, which is basically using lightning. Because I think what people don't understand about what Jack has done is, yes, you and I can conduct business in Bitcoin. It can go over a lightning node. We can, I can send you a dollar and it costs me a fraction of a cent. So now Bitcoin cash is out the fucking window. Sorry, Sal. Um, and there are some concessions there, but what else I can do on that network is I can send dollars to somebody in England, but not in sub-Saharan Africa. And they, and they get pounds for almost no cost whatsoever in two seconds. Because they use the Bitcoin network as the intermediary across Lightning. If they're a rich mm-hmm. person. No, if fuck they, that. No, no, you don't have to be a rich well, well, person. Well, no. If you're in Sub-Saharan Africa, you're expecting this poor person to fund all these different Lightning Network channels with no. their grocers, no. their butchers, no. their dentists, their no. doctors. That's why it's a, Sal, do you not know what's going on in El Salvador? Do you have no idea what's going on in El Salvador? They're forcing people to take Bitcoin. No, they're not. It's legal tender. If you're, if you're, if you have a stand and I want to buy a hot dog from you and you, and you say pay me in Bitcoin, I say no. I, if, if or I'm sorry, let's reverse what happened? that. If I'm, if I'm the merchant, right? And yeah, that's not I'm, true. I'm forcing, yeah, it is. It, for legal tender, you're forced to accept it. But what happens? dollars. All what happens if you go to somebody's hot dog stand in, in El Salvador right now and say, I want to pay you in Bitcoin? It's the same thing if, 
It's the same thing if, if I owe you a debt, right? And I say, okay, Jack, here's $20 to pay my nope. debt. And you say, no, I don't want nope. dollars. No. Nope. That's illegal. It's the same nope. thing in El Salvador with Bitcoin. No, no. No, you need to read that, the bill, that's, dude. That's not how it works. Look it up. It's yeah. legal tender. No, but that's it's not how it works tender, because it's, it's not it's, it's not that, that's, only, that's only one. That's only one problem with it. That's not to get into the stop. The, stop! I told you I I, I feared doing this. Okay, <sighs> let's say you're a hot dog vendor, and you want because the official currency of El Salvador is the United States dollar. You have to take Bitcoin. You have to let me pay in Bitcoin. You don't have to take Bitcoin. I have to let you pay in Bitcoin, but I don't have to take it. No, you, you can have you, no, no. The way the whole system set up, I can pay in Bitcoin. You get dollars. You do not have to. You do not have, have to, to end you. up, huh? Right. So, so if I pay you in Bitcoin, you get dollars. Yes. So I have to pay you in Bitcoin. No. You can pay me in dollars or Bitcoin. But if so I pay you in Bitcoin and you don't want Bitcoin, you get dollars instantly. Okay. So I have to pay you in one of the two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to but, pay but in Bitcoin, last, and you don't have last, to accept the Bitcoin. A month ago, I had to pay you in dollars, and you had to take dollars. This month, I can pay you in Bitcoin or dollars, and you can receive Bitcoin or dollars. Right, but it has to be one of those two currencies. Yeah, but it was one a month ago. I'm not saying it's not better than a monopoly, but you're still forcing people to do something. It's your, but, no, you have, but no, okay, if I want to pay you in, I don't know, tangible... Uh, Legal if tender. I pay you in LaCroix and you want to take LaCroix, you can. Legal tender does not mean you have to use a thing. It only means that a debt can be, must be able to be settled in a thing. The point of legal tender is actually the avoidance of taxation. Because right what about, now. What about all debts public and private? Okay, there's a debt. We've agreed to it. But when we agreed to the debt, it was priced in that unit. You don't right, right now in the United States. I know, but what I'm saying is if you look at it. It's not enforcing I people I to use Bitcoin. No, 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 it's not enforcing you don't understand. people to I don't, use Bitcoin. In the United States, I do not have to take dollars right now. I it's do just, not have to take dollars. You do. I, I, I don't know. I absolutely do not have to No, I do not have to take dollars. I can set up a business tomorrow and say I only take silver by the ounce. Yes, and nobody can force him to take dollars. That's right. You cannot force me to take dollars. If I send you a bill. No, correct. Right, but for a debt. It's different. So if I if I we have a contract and I I incur a debt on you and I and I I go to pay you with dollars and you say no, I can take you to court and the judge will discharge that debt in U.S. currency. Totally. That's because you bought my debt or something. And it's the same thing with Bitcoin in El Salvador. If I if I incur a debt on you and I no, went to that's go not, pay you that's in Bitcoin not goods and, and you said I don't want Bitcoin, no. I could take you to court and the judge in El Salvador would say you have to you have to take Bitcoin. You're forcing Bitcoin on people. This is the opposite of why Bitcoin no. was created. No. What you're say all you're really saying when something's legal tender is since it's money within the nation, if the value of it increases or decreases during the time that it was held, there's no tax debt on capital gains. That was the purpose for it. It's not that it's was not the purpose a, for it. That's yeah, right. No, and so I, I have no problem I come with that. Up, you're, you're Sal's papooses. You sell papooses in a little card on Bitcoin Beach, and I come up to you this week. And I buy 12 papoosas. We are selling Sal's papoopas, papoosas. <laughs> I'm drinking here. We, 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 need, we need Sal's papoosas. Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I buy 12 papoosas for $5. But I pay papoosas you in Bitcoin. Okay. And you put your little cart in front of Xavier's hotel. 
really great week for Bitcoin. Doubles in price. Right. At the end of the week, when you pay Xavier in Bitcoin, your $5 worth of Bitcoin is $10, which just so happens to be your rent. Okay. Which is not debt. It's a service. Right. And you pay him. But you receive five, and it was a value at ten when you spent it. You owe income tax on five dollars. That's how it used to be, right? right? I understand what you're saying. Okay. Now, if he, if I pay you the five bucks, it becomes worth ten, and you settle your debt with Xavier with it at ten dollars in value. You owe no income tax. Right. I understand how how that affects the tax laws, but that's not my point. What I'm saying here well, is that your point. Hold on. Hold on. Your point yeah, yeah. refers that legal tender means that we are required to do business in a currency. It does not. It does no. not. Right now. Have you ever been to a gas station? It says we take no bills larger than a 20. Right. Okay. Legal tender does not apply. You've stated right. your terms prior to the transaction. That's not what I'm talking about. But no, That's that is. That about. is. No, when you walk into a place and it says, if, if, if you walk into a place and it says price on the menu for a steak. Yes, that's not what I'm talking bucks. about. That's now, th- think about it like this. Let's say I, I borrow your tractor to plow my field. I okay. destroy your tractor. I break it. I now owe you $10,000, right? How do I make up this debt to you? I've incurred a debt to you. The only way to pay it back, right, would be through some form of monetary compensation. Maybe I can give you tomatoes or apples, whatever. That's fine. But if I wanted to pay you in dollars and you said, I don't want dollars, sell. I want Bitcoin. I want whatever, uh, beer. Uh, I could take you to court and the judge would say, no, Jack, you have to take dollars for this debt because look at the, look at the currency. It says all debts, public and private. Mm-hmm. In El Salvador, it's the same thing with Bitcoin. They're forcing people to take Bitcoin for debts. That's what. That's another aspect of legal tender. Well, you can convert it to fucking apples or beer if you want. Well, you're still, you you're still, still forcing Wait, people who, to do who's it. Who's gonna sell it? And we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to your bullshit earlier. Well, what agreement do we have about the water rights? If you fucking cared that much and you didn't want dollars as compensation. Then you should have said, if Jack fucks my tractor up, I want to be compensated with an in equivalent beer. value in my repairs and fucking apples. And if I didn't take that contract, I wouldn't borrow your fucking tractor. Fair enough. I'm not saying that you shouldn't specify terms, <laughs> but my point is if it was specified. And, and legal that tender way. doesn't prevent that. Right now, if you were going to borrow my tractor and we made a contract and it was anything legal as far as for you to provide to me. Like if I said, if Sal fucks up my tractor, I get a blowjob. Court's going to go, no. Okay, before no, we talk about not, Jack's no, blowjob, I just want to know. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to yell until you stop talking, and then I'm going to win. Please help. Yes. Why are we even arguing about this? Because Sal wants to. So. Why are we even arguing about this? I want to know that. No, he's actually trying to make a valid point. What's his valid point? His valid point yeah, is that this, this, be this, this must be awesome done in dollars, money. and it doesn't. Because if he came to me and I said, look, before I give you my tractor, I want an agreement. And I said, if you do, you know, damage to my tractor to the point where my tractor won't run anymore, I want a new tractor. I want a new tractor. You fucked my tractor up. I don't want to fix it. I don't want money. I want John Deere to bring a new fucking, you know, T400 tractor to my and drop it off. And he says, you know what, Jack, that's fair. I'm not going to fuck your tractor up. And he signs it. And then he gets drunk on Blueberry Mead. And he drives my tractor into a wall. 
and I go to a court and say, I was promised a new tractor. Here's the contract. The judge will make him provide me a new tractor. He will not say this debt must be settled in private because we've made a contract. Specifically so, stating that. Specific, so no right, one's so, being required to do business in anything they don't want to do business in by legal tender in the United States, let alone El Salvador. But in I the absence the concern, of specific terms. I got my right. ass schooled on this in 2012 yeah, yeah, by Rob the, Gray. So like, I think, the, I think the concern here that Sal has is, and I think I can quote you, Sal, fuck the state. I agree. They can't enforce well, we, anybody we know to that. do any. Yeah, of course, right? But he's saying that this sets a. He's he's concerned that this sets a precedent that anybody, any state, any other gov- governing body can force you to do business in a certain crypto. And you know that's valid. Well, it's it it's Here, here's the concern. Happen. Here's the true concern. But, what Go is ahead. the underlying concern? So, but but I think we're way off the rails here because we were talking about how to fuck the state. And now we're talking about how crypto is being used as a tool no. to fuck the system, fuck the people, because right? And like, I, I, what I don't want to do is continue on a on a Bitcoin and state discussion when we're we're talking about solutions that we can use to 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 disintermediate the state from our lives, right? Well, I'm talking about learning what a state has done. With I'm learning from what a state has done to what a private entity can do yes. based on what a state has done. I agree. That's what I'm talking about, right? And it, it, it's right. But if, if Sal, here's why I even did this. If Sal and I don't resolve this, you don't get the lesson. If you think legal tender means that a business is required to accept dollars, then you don't understand legal tender, and then you don't understand the giant fucking loophole that exists. Exchange media, the difference between, if you read Mises and Hayek and Menger, the difference between fiat currency and commodity money is that commodity money is voluntarily adopted, whereas fiat currency is forced on people to be adopted. Agreed. That's what's happening. Not relevant. No one, no one would ever in their right mind adopt Lightning Network Bitcoin because it's too inefficient of a medium of exchange. The only the reason dumbest why thing Salvador, I've ever heard you say, and you say mostly the, smart things. The only reason why El Salvador has this in place is because they're forcing people to use it. If if it was up no, to the not. market, no, 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 that's the, that's the point. They're, they're not. They're not forcing anybody to take Bitcoin. They're no. like you still can pay for in debt. El Salvadorian or debt. U.S. dollars. If you actually, if, in fact, if you actually read the bill, Sal, which you obviously haven't I'm done, it's, it it's right only now. like five pages long, and it's very yeah, confusing because it's the first time a bill's ever been written that actually takes into consideration the people it affects more than the government. Only one I've ever read. There's basically no provision for penalty for not accepting it. There's, yeah, it says you have to accept it, it but it provides no provision for penalty if you don't. Yeah, the, the reason that they did this is to bring Bitcoin millionaires to El Salvador, Absolutely. rebolster their economy, and, and give them an out for paying capital gains taxes. They, because you can literally download a free it. app. You can download a free app, accept Bitcoin, and get dollars. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't, if you say, fuck it, I don't want to, there's no provision for penalty. So imagine the United States government said, Sal Mayweather has to paint Nicole's house. But if Sal Mayweather doesn't paint Nicole's house, nothing happens. I want happens. a sage green house, just for Nothing the happens to Sal Mayweather. <laughs> and the other are thing, too. Painting, are you painting her house? No. You're not going to paint her house. And what's going to happen to you? Nothing. There's no provision for penalty for not accepting the currency. And it wouldn't make any sense for anybody to actually push that as a as a no. means of forcing the what courts to What they've done is by making it, 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 has, it, it, has to, 
it has to carry the same weight. What did you say, Sal? I wish I knew how to play a video on here because there's a great video that Roger Ver posted on his YouTube oh, channel fuck yeah. about exactly this that you guys should all watch. Fuck him. He, Roger's I, the I man. I hate him. I really Roger Ver, he's like the best anarchist ever. No, he's not. No, this he's guy not. has donated he, he millions is. of dollars to He's feet. like, you know what? Bitcoin's a surveillance coin. Use my surveillance coin instead. No, but we have Cash Fusion. It's not a surveillance coin because we have. It's coin we have mixing. Fusion. So does Bitcoin. What? They have Wasabi Wallet. No, there's Fine, multiple ways to mix, mix, mix coins with Bitcoin. And there's multiple ways to mix coins with Bitcoin Cash. It's the same thing. And you know what happens to both of them? They get flagged by fucking exchanges and it becomes non-fungible. Good job, Maybe. Roger. Yeah, no, you could be 100% right. But if, if all the Bitcoin Cash or all the Bitcoin become washed, then they're all fungible again. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of coins are being shuffled right now. But if you use atomic swaps, then both of them work. I'm not saying you're wrong. I can look. I can look. I can look at a Bitcoin and find out when it was created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like it'd be really interesting to have a crypto debate episode soon. Oh, we could bring some real. Just trying to bring it back. This is why I was afraid to bring it up. It's not my point. My point is understanding the loophole that El Salvador has executed and how the loophole can be executed by private entities. They've created a way for me to go to El Salvador, become El Salvadoran, do business as an El Salvadoran, and do so with a cryptocurrency outside of the control of the state. And there's no reason that Paraguay can't do that next. There's no reason that the Navajo or the Chippewa or the the, the Chickasaw Nation can't do that. So when are we founding Unloose the Goose Bill in, in you know, El Salvador or Honduras. Well, both of those places suck to live, so um Well we I can don't set up know. a corporation there easy. We don't have to live there. You can I mean, my, my problem with El Salvador, like if you want a problem with El Salvador, Sal, it's not <clears> that they made Bitcoin legal tender, it's that it's a fucking very high tax state for anybody with any significant income. Of course they want me to become a national and pay thirty five percent fucking tax. It's actually a higher tax state than the United States, or I'd fucking already bought a beach house. Right, I would like if if El Salvador had a ten percent income tax rate, I, I wouldn't have bought a beach house yet. I'd have my beach house p- picked out. I would have paid for an option on it to lock it in. I mean, and on so September first, many... I would have executed the contract. Right, that's just this is one of millions of problems. They're also like a huge, an insanely corrupt country. Um, They're way more corrupt than we are. We could we could do a whole episode, and we probably maybe we should. We next should. Episode. On all the different problems with El Salvador's Bitcoin laws, because I'm like, my head is, I got like a million in my you head. You might want to read it first. No, I no, have read it. You know, I, I would like to suggest issue. that what we do. I don't have enough time to go into all of my criticism. We will right collaborate now. on some topics. show notes and do an episode on that. I think it's totally I worth think it's it. it's great. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get Roger to come on. Okay, so. but I want to transition into our next segment because we've been on for a while and people are dying. At this yeah. point, watching yeah. us, it's it's the snooker the goose segment. All right, this is it's when that. each of us gets asked a question by another one of us. No, it's any question you want, no holds, no bars hold. Like right. Jack, yeah. how big is your biggest tromboncino squash at this time? Oh, they're all fucking dead this year. 
All my fucking trombonchinos. I have bigger trombonchinos than Jack. Yes, you do. The biggest one I ever grew was last year, and it was 32 fucking pounds. (laughs) Squash. He drew a, he, he grew a 32 fucking pound trombonchino. Okay. Yeah. Somebody asked somebody else a, a question. Sal, since you're an expert, tell us exactly how a lightning network transaction goes through. Oh, excellent. This is a good question. Okay. All right. This is a good question. So it goes to a third party is what happens, right? You have to, you have to, this transaction is routed through a third party, which gets rid of the whole point of having peer to peer cash in the first place. Before you continue, do you want me to, do you want me to tell you that you're wrong? No, no, let me back up. No, 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 let me back up here. Because before that actually occurs, what you have to do is you have to fund the channel. And if you can't afford to fund the channel, guess what? You can't make a Lightning Network transaction. Okay. On top of that, what else, what else? The other thing that Lightning Network does is it lowers Bitcoin to being little more than a settlement token for Lightning Network channels. Uh, all, also, the, my one of the, the fourth concern, which people call me crazy when I tell them this one, but this is all completely oh, true. Let me, let me get this one out. This is a good one. I asked you to explain Jack Spirico and Sal Mayweather how it works. Conduct a transaction on the Lightning Network. Okay, how do we execute that transaction? We have to fund the channel and route it through a third party, and then it gets settled once we move. Once we close the transaction, it gets settled. We can't run our own nodes. What's that? You and I can't run our own Lightning nodes and conduct our transaction between our own nodes without involving any other nodes. Is that what you're saying? No, we can do that. As okay, far as so I know. where's the third party? No, you're right. Between we can, of course. But okay. uh, but now if Nicole comes and routes her transaction through our channel, we are the third party to her transaction. Does she choose to do no that or do we make her, her do that? It goes through the quickest network, the quickest routing. Do we? Does she choose to do that or do, do we make her do that? I guess the Bitcoin network routes the train or the Lightning network if, routes if, the transaction. If Nicole wants to conduct a Lightning transaction with Xavier... Is she forced to use our nodes to do that? Or can her node and Xavier's node use their own nodes to do that? No, they can use their own nodes, but if is they don't trustless once that's done, as far as you and I are concerned. Do they need oh, anything need from split. us to conduct business? No, but if Xavier and Nicole are sending a transaction, you and I have nothing to do with it. But if we have a channel that they have to route that payment through, then yes, we become the third party. But only if they choose to. I don't know if I don't I don't know if they have the choice. I think does I think the Lightning Network just chooses the way the payment gets routed in the quickest way possible. Not if they're running their I'm own. I'm not a developer, but that's what the way I assume it works. No. No, not if they're running their own nodes and they run so their every, own transactions. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, I have a question. I, I, I genuinely don't know, so maybe you can answer me. If well, every single payment you make, you choose the channel it gets routed through? You have that option. All the Okay, right, but you don't have to, in other words. You don't have to. If you want to trust a third party, which if you use Jax or Coinami, are so you not you using a third party's node? What if you have to route through multiple channels? You choose that. You don't have to. Lightning is not a thing. Lightning's a lightning's a technology like Bitcoin's a technology. It's just a network. You can choose. There's n- it, it literally is just a choice that you're making. Yeah, no, I, I get that. My my point here is though is that you're introducing a third party to tra- to the transaction, which takes away from if the peer to peer aspect. To. Of it. 
if you want to. If I use Coinami to pay you. If we have, if we both have our own nodes set up, which most if people If I use don't. Coinami to pay you, am I not trusting a third party, even though it's Bitcoin to Bitcoin? I don't know Coinami. I don't know what that is. Uh, Jax, what wallet do you use? Bitcoin.com. We don't have Lightning Network capabilities there. Yeah, you don't it's have Bitcoin it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm, Lightning's out. We're just, I'm sending you Bitcoin. I'm sending you Bitcoin cash. If I use a light wallet, if I use a light wallet already, I'm at a third party anyway. Yeah. Okay. Without lightning. Correct. Yeah. So the majority of crypto transactions already use a third party. Sure. Okay. So I don't understand. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. No, that means that we can be private peer to peer. Or we can be third party because the third party is trusted based on the technology itself. You're assuming that every single person can set up a Lightning Network channel with all the different people that they do business with, though. Again, going back, no, let's go back to this lady in Sub-Saharan Africa because she can't. No, 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 because I see Nicole like just simmering over there. Like, my point is, you're making definitive statements. Get your tongue out of me. You're making definitive statements about a thing that you don't have full knowledge of. Well, Am I right or wrong, well, though? You're right. I'm, go ahead. I, I, you know, granted, that's a thing, but this is this is supposed to be like, you know, fun. let's ask a fun question, and you guys it are watching it, and, and we've already agreed to do a whole episode on this, yeah, yeah. so. All right. All right. All right. I want to ask Down. Sal, like, why do you live in Florida if buildings are crumbling into the ocean? What? What? Fuck. Poor Sal. That, that was McAfee. Buildings are crumbling into the ocean here because Joe Biden and the Democrats are trying to make Florida look like a shit state. That's also why they've introduced red tide into our waters. But that's just my conspiratorial opinion. <laughs> that's because John McAfee's son had an apartment there in that building with True. all those terabytes of data. Hey, True. John McAfee didn't down. kill himself. No, he didn't. True. Yeah. Okay. We need we need a question for X. Who's got one? Well, who's turn? I think it's Sal's turn. Sal got Sal's twice. Sal, you get to hit somebody. I don't have have ready. You can ask anybody he wants. You could ask Jack. I'm just saying. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, Jack. Okay. Um, oh, how does that oh, work God. with a lady in sub-Saharan Africa? Explain that to me, because no, I no, genuinely. No, no, no. We're, we're going to go away from this topic, though. I'm going to. No, that's, that that's my question. No, no, no it's, I'll give we, you a short we, answer. So we're doing a full anything that anybody this. wants to do requires consideration if it's a free market. So if you if you were saying how does a lady in sub-Saharan Africa get a fucking step stool, she would have to go buy it from somebody. So if she wants access to a Lightning Network node, she can either pay to set up her own node. Or she can pay to use somebody else's note, which is very, very inexpensive. And a lady in sub-Saharan Africa right now can receive $1 worth of fucking Bitcoin from me tomorrow for a fucking fraction of a penny. But if she can set up her own node. No. Or, use somebody else's or she can use a third party. Note. It's up to her. Okay. It's her choice. And, you, of course, you have to pay for it. That would be like saying, well, how does a lady in sub-Saharan Africa get a fucking hot After she pays for all of her food and her midwifery services and her, her how goat. Does she, and how does she get a Bitcoin peer-to-peer right now? She so, needs so a, in other words, she needs uh, a mold, she needs a device, she needs oh, software, you too. You and too. She needs access, and she has to pay for it. She so, can't be her own bank, true or false. She can. And, and if, if, you're, if your litmus test for that question, right, is – she has to be able to do this without tendering any consideration. 
The answer is no. She can't do that with any form of cryptocurrency. You need a cell phone. You need a cell phone plan. You need a fucking internet connection, right? Like, there's a cost of doing business. Okay. Which one of you has the bigger dick? That's what I want to know. Whoa. X. <laughs> X. He's tallest. He's got the biggest hands. Oh, good God. Definitely Xavier. Xavier, you could ask, ask somebody Let's anything. Let's nuke Pierco's channel and, and whip it out. <laughs> this this has been another... Whip it out of it. It will be later. Whip it out of it is one not happening. <laughs> one year later. <laughs> this is what happens when two of the four panelists drink fucking mead. Yeah, exactly. So, Xavier, <laughs> you can ask one of the geese anything. Not me. Don't ask him about the Lightning Network, though. Like, fuck. So, Jack, the Lightning Network. No, just kidding. Um, no, no, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, Nicole, because I think you're the safest one to ask a question to at this point to keep things on the rails. Um, when is the next holler gathering? Our next holler gathering is in September. It's Green Chili Weekend where we will be processing hatch green chilies and I'm pulling up my calendar. It's like September 18th ish. So anybody who wants cryptocurrency for payment. Absolutely. Cool. Any crypto pretty much. Cause even if I don't like the crypto, I can immediately convert it to what I like. So yeah. Very good. Yeah, how, uh, go ahead. How, how, uh, how do people find out about it and sign up for it? livingfreeintennessee.com. I will be posting the event next week because we were actually working out all the details this week. We need a question for X. Nobody's asked X a question. Yeah, I know. It's my turn to ask a question. Okay, okay. I'm good with that. Oh, shit. I'm responding to this. X, how long are you staying at that KOA? (laughs) Eternity and a day, motherfucker. (laughs) So I've been here five days. (laughs) <laughs> they, they couldn't work on the transmission over the weekend, and it just started today, and today's Wednesday, so Yay. I figure Thursday or Friday. Yeah. I have a question for X. Have you spoken to Kingsley and Aaron, who I introduced you to, about how they're managing to sell float token without going to Club Fed? So, no, I've only spoken with Alex, and I'm waiting to get, like, the full-on, like, team meeting. Um, cause I have a really great proposition for them and I'm just waiting for that. So I, I suspect they're going to watch the interview and Alex is going to make a case for me and then we'll have a discussion. Okay. No, I, have a, I, have a I want it real quick. What you answered and what I'm saying are different and I'm telepathically communicating to you right now a specific question. <laughs> How are you pre-selling float token without going to club fed? Because that is something you don't need an agreement to do. You just need knowledge. Yeah. So uh, I could advise them on how to do The answer that, is no. No, 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 no. You need their information. Mm. We should have them on to do like an episode on tokenized securities. Why don't we they do that? They can't talk about what they're doing and not go to Club Fed. Well, so they, they can do what they're doing. Too. They can do what they're doing and not go to Club Fed. And that's why somebody who's selling a token, and there's only one person here that's going to sell a token, Needs to talk to him about oh, how he can sell to... more tokens to more people. I already have that figured out. So I the Howie test. How they... I well, can't say how. No, it's no. the Howie test. I've already figured it out with my lawyers on how we can do that. Right, it's just about right. doing it at the, in, at the proper time. 
I just um, want as many fire I, tokens as possible to get into the hands there, of the people. Okay, one last question. Sal. What's up? Have you written a book recently? And if so, what is oh, yeah. that book and how do we find it? Anti-politics. <laughs> I love it's it. It's ready. So, yeah, I just actually just released it this morning. So check it out. It's on Amazon. What is it? So, Tell us about it. Ebook and paper book. It's a collection of agorist essays, um, all sorts of different thinkers, left anarchist style thinkers. I divide the book into four sections. So it's like uh, what we believe, what we oppose, uh, anti-politics in theory, and then anti-politics in practice. So hopefully I'm making the point that, A, anti-politics is the only path to liberty, and B, that agorism is the true uh, culmination of left anarchist thought. And how? And, and what, what competing author did you beat to market with your book? Oh, my God. So I'm competing. I didn't realize it, but I think Hans Hoppe, the freaking god of libertarianism, released a book like the same day as me. So... <laughs> Fuck my life. And then, uh, obviously Michael Malice, who I'm not going to compete with, but I'm not trying to, like, I know I can't compete with these guys. So, you if I just, you, can. Them, you, you, in the you face totally can. I said, which competing author man. did you beat to market, get to market first with ahead of them? Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's who did you make look like a chump? There, yeah, there's this dude in Texas who's been writing a book for, man, and he's forever, an but for some reason, yeah. you just can't seem to finish it, that guy. Because that's the important thing, guys. Remember that anti-politics. Just remember that I released my book before Spirico released his. That's the most important part of this episode. <laughs> I can't one takeaway. I had my ass kicked on on getting the book to market first. Where are you yeah, getting that done, by the way? Uh, it's the it's written. Um, I fired three formatters, and then I like I didn't have time to fuck with it for a while, and I need to get that done. It's expensive. I know yeah. people who format books, Jack. Okay, I'll send you the book and you can format it. Yeah. Or you can format a formatter. No, I, I will outsource Thanks, it Rob. to my formatter who formats my books. Okay, I, quote. Quote? Quote. Oh, quote. Jack, no read the quote, quote because you're the one who sent the quote and I can't I find the fucking quote. The so quote. You need to read the fucking quote. Uh, uh, so hard. So hard. It's by Thomas Sowell. I know that. Yes. Yeah. And it's about screwing over the younger generation. I know that. Absolutely, yeah. God. I got it. I don't want to say, I don't want to Sal has it. Sal, Sal, read it. You read it, Sal. I don't want to read it wrong. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. There are few things more dishonorable than misleading the youth. Thomas Sowell. Sowell. What do you guys think about that? The truth. Thomas Sowell's the man. Rarely wrong. How does it play into what's happening right now, though? Turn on the turn on the television. Yeah. I mean, isn't it been taken to the extreme? I mean, if we look at what's the youth, who, what do you think of when you hear the youth? Do you think of like thirty year olds, or do you think of like fourteen year olds? I, I think of my nieces who are like eight and, and yeah. you know, or young. Like mm-hmm. in that eight to fifteen range, right? And think, they're just being programmed by responses at this point. My niece. Go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I thought I was going to say like one side of them buys in, but I see the other side where they're like, something's not right here. 
I have a niece who was wearing a mask long after everybody in Texas wasn't because she was at uh, college and they were making them do it there. And she's 22. So yeah. I mean, she's a kid still, you know. She went to Florida with her boyfriend and she was walking around like Disneyland and shit like that. And she came back, she told my wife, it's so weird to see people not wearing a mask. It's not normal. And my heart literally fucking broke when my wife told me she said that. That that was the weird place. And her little campus life with everybody covering their face was the normal place. And that's why when I was I was going through quotes today, because, you know, you said we need a quote. And I saw that and I thought of that moment and it literally broke my fucking heart. Like to condition a young person to the point that they think it's weird to not cover your face. If you can do that, what else can you not do to them? And then it tied into my guest today. We were talking about kind of coming of age and coming to manhood and how, like, there's a point where a man starts thinking more about his children and what he can do for his society and what he leaves behind than he does of himself. And in traditional societies, men that don't make that leap, like, like there's this, like, ritual of bringing them from boy to manhood and the ones that never make the leap they continue to think about themselves above the next generation in traditional fucking societies, they fucking kill them in their sleep. They're like, this motherfucker is bad fucking news. Like he will fuck up our world. We cannot like, they give them every chance in the world to like come of age. And when they don't come of age, they kill them. And in the, in the more sophisticated societies, banish them. Okay. You, you, we're not going to kill you, but if you don't leave, we're going to kill you. That's kind of where they're at with that. And then I look at our societies today, and we've taken the minority and turned it into the majority. We have created a majority of youth, and now the youth has gone from what we think of. Like, when I hear that, I think of my grandnieces that were here today that are 16 and freaking, like, 12, and my grandson is 10, and my granddaughter is 5. But we now have 35, 40-year-old adolescents, and that is not normal. And that's why it is such a travesty. And that's why Saul said it, in my opinion. Awesome. Anybody else have something to add? Sums it up. Yeah, okay. so Guys, if you that. like this, this anniversary episode of Unloose the Goose, just, you know, share us with your friends. Unloosethegoose.com or Unloose the Goose on iTunes and all the other podcatchers, as well as Odyssey and YouTube. With that, guys, go out. You fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. Honk on some motherfuckers. Honk, yeah. honk. <laughs> Happy birthday. Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's wrong.